and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best day move related show on the planet Earth, the John Campy Show, brought to you in part by Mint Mobile, coming to you from right here on our YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good stuff. Joining me here today on this Thursday, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? John, I've been listening to Wham! For the last 24 hours. Wake me up. Oh, I mean, you know, I'm telling you. Before you go-go. It's true. Uh, wham rap. It's true. DHSS. I'm telling you. <laughs> the awkward opening. I, I just, somebody was writing to me. I did a, a video last night and somebody was asking me about, you know, when they did the Deadpool announcement. Uh, what was the song they were playing again? With the Deadpool announcement, it's wake, it's wake me up before you go. Is it, right? Was it wake was me up it? before you go? Was it? I don't know. Uh, or was it was, was it another Wham song? Oh, what are you talking Jitterbug. about? Jitterbug. Jitterbug. Yeah. yeah. Wake yeah. me uh, up. Yeah. Before yeah. you go. So whenever, go. so whenever I hear that song, obviously, and when I was watching the Deadpool thing, my thought goes to one thing: gasoline fight. <laughs> uh, yes. Freak gasoline fight accident. That's exactly. You guys know the reference. Good on you. Also sitting right beside Rob, of course, Amy Newman's here. Amy, how you doing? Pretty good. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, Whamageddon is pending in just a few few short months. It Have you is. played Whamageddon? I've, I've never even heard of Whamageddon. Oh, you you try to make it from I believe. Does it start Thanksgiving? Yes. Thanksgiving to Christmas. You try to get without hearing Wham's Last Christmas covers yeah. are fine. Oh, that's impossible. But the second you hear Wham's Last, Last Christmas, Christmas, you, you are yourself. sent to Whamhalla. Oh, I, 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 you're done within 48 hours. Godspeed. Joining us over here, joining you guys in the live chat is Ray Ora. Ray, how you doing? Hey, I don't know what the guys are talking about, but let's go. <laughs> and sitting beside him, probably does know what we're talking about. Jonathan Voiko running the show today. Jonathan, how you doing? He'd be surprised. <laughs> Guilty and feet have got no rhythm. Most importantly, <laughs> you guys are here joining us. And here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it into two parts. First part of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. Here's how that happens. Number one, you got to be watching live. And number two, when we get to the end of the main topics, we'll announce that we're opening up the Super Chats. We only leave them open for a couple of minutes. And that'll be your time to throw in your thoughts, theories, opinions, questions. And we will address those in the second half of the show. All right, guys, listen, we got a lot of stuff to cover here today, so we're just going to roll right into it. And we've got a couple of off the tops. And the first one we're going to start with is this. You know, something must be in the water over at Hulu because they've been doing a lot of good things lately. Most recently, they took what was thought to be a tired, worn out and past its expiry date franchise with Predator and they put out Prey mm -hmm. and almost universally beloved. I mean, this movie was fantastic. They did an incredible job with that movie. Excellent. Was that lightning in a bottle? Maybe, because they have another tired, worn out, past its expiry date franchise that they're trying to do again with Hellraiser. Now, we saw a trailer the other week, and we thought the trailer was really good, but putting out a trailer is one thing. Putting out a good movie is another. Well, the first reactions for the new Hellraiser are coming out, and they're pretty much across the board saying it's the best thing since the original. Uh, even one or two saying they think it's the best Hellraiser ever, but but most of them saying the original is still better, but this is the best Hellraiser since the original. And it's coming from a lot of, a wide variety of people mm -hmm. across the spectrum talking about this uh, movie, this big swing of the bat. And again, it's looking like Hulu 
is becoming this these experts on taking old, worn-out things. Uh, Jeremiah from The Forces right. Despite many lackluster entries in uh, Hulu's Hellraiser... Let me try this again. Despite many lackluster entries, Hulu's Hellraiser reboot is a return to form for the franchise, bringing the scares and the reinvigorating of a dead series. I was incredibly shocked with just how good this movie was, and fans and new viewers alike will love the new pinhead. Uh, BJ uh, writes... Uh, new Hellraiser is a fantastic addition to the franchise, paying homage to the original while feeling completely unique. Uh, Odessa, I'm never going to pronounce this right, Odessa Azanas uh, Riley is an outstanding successor to Christy Cotton and uh, Jamie Clayton. Bring the scares and the pain that you crave. Uh, Dan Taylor writes, so the new Hellraiser is very good. I'm kind of in shock at how they not only cracked it, but were able to enrich it and add to the mythology. And it goes on and on and on and on. A lot of saying best one since the original, some saying best since Hellraiser part two, one or two even saying this, they think this is the best one in the franchise so far. And the thing that is interesting to me is I'm not shocked to hear this after watching that trailer that we all thought was pretty damn good. But again, I'm just like, Hulu, what are you doing? <laughs> like taking these franchises that when you announce you're making it, all of us go, for why? <laughs> Wait a minute, you'd make, you're, there's another Predator movie? Why? You're, there's another Hellraiser? Why? But I mean, they seem to have an eye for this stuff. Rob, you're seeing all the responses to this Hellraiser. What do you think about it? Well, you know that, that a couple weeks ago, the friend of the channel, Connie, Connie Sang, and, and myself, we went to, as part of Beyond Fest, they showed the original Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2 and prints, film prints at the Arrow. And we both watched them, and, and she's a huge fan of the franchise. And I was like, wow, man, they just don't make them like this anymore. And Pete Atkins, the writer of Hellraiser 2, 3, and 4, explained that the entries 5, 6, 7, and 8, I guess, were not written as Hellraiser movies. They were other scripts that, got that they converted. just, yeah, kind of like, you know, the two Die Hard sequels, Die Hard 2 and Die Hard 3, which makes sense. And they just didn't have money. I mean, that's a franchise that was so interesting and it just went completely off the rails and down the tubes. And then days later, two days later, I mean, you were even quoting the line from this new Hellraiser trailer. The guy is a Goran. Yeah, if, if I solve it, do I win a prize? I do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, and you were right, man. I mean, that you that trailer was great. I watched that trailer because I love this franchise. I love Clive Barker's uh, uh, written work. I love his books of blood. I love the Hellbound Heart. Um, I can't wait for this. But up until yesterday, and the, the the words started coming out from Austin from Fantastic Fest. I'm like, the suck level. They've 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 got me in here. I'm gonna I'm in by the trailer. But if this movie sucks. I'm going to be really disappointed. And let's, let's call it. There was a thousand ways for this to go south. A, south, a, a thousand ways. But to read, like even Robert Cargill, who works with Scott Derrickson, who wrote uh, Black Phone and who wrote Doctor Strange, he was going on about how great this movie was on Twitter yesterday. And I'm like, wow. And then all these notices, this deluge of, dude, I am, I, this just has gone straight to my number. Well, maybe there's always a number one, but maybe number two of a must-see film. It's gone up the list for you. I can't wait to see this movie. Amy, you probably saw the trailers for this. You're hearing the reactions. Uh, again, I'm a little surprised to hear how Universal's being like, considering how much negativity there was from everybody, including me, yeah. when they announced they were going to do it. What's your thoughts on this? You know, I think it's almost harder than making a great movie is making a great reboot or a great sequel to yeah. something yes. beloved. It doesn't happen often. To, to both make something that can really stand on its own two feet and honor the original and, and satisfy the fans of that. So... 
I'm going to be honest, not a big Hellraiser fan, not something I'm super familiar with. I feel like it's always a little be patient with me with horror because I just in the last couple of years realized I'm less of a baby than I think. So I'll check it out. But I feel like Pinhead holds a special place in my heart of one of the things that just terrorized me most in the blockbuster aisles as a child. Mm. Like one of those images that I still remember just being like, nope, no, absolutely not. <laughs> but uh, just seeing some of this uh, talk and hearing how beloved it is right now and how universal this praise is, it's kind of insane. And I don't know, I keep hearing the words gnarly and horny being thrown around. Yeah, so absolutely. sign me up. <laughs> all right, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? I mean, we were all pretty impressed by the trailer, but even with the trailer, I don't know we were expecting praise for it on this level. Are you looking forward to seeing this new Hellraiser? I got to admit, my curiosity is now peaked. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts okay guys with that down let's do one more off the top and that is this and this is pretty big you know one of the things that we've known for a little while is that the planet of the apes franchise was going to continue but that's all we've kind of known for a while and it's kind of been stagnant well that time is over because it just took some major leaps forward as number one we now have an official title for the new planet of the apes movie and we've got a star for it Deadline is reporting that the name of the new Planet of the Apes is, drumroll please, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is the new movie, is the name of the movie, and The Witcher's Freya Allen is going to be the star of the film. Now, we just found out about this just a few minutes ago. Uh, this comes to us from Deadline, who writes, 20th Century's next installment of the Planet of the Apes franchise is a go and has found its new star. Sources tell Deadline Freya Allen is set to star in Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Deadline reported last month that Owen Teague was tapped as the lead ape of the picture, and insiders add that Peter McCon and all, uh, has also joined the cast. Production is set to start next with Maze Runner Helmer, Wes Ball, directing the, the film. This film starts starts an all-new chapter in the Planet of the Apes saga, picking up many years after the conclusion of 2017's War for the Planet of the Apes, so they are keeping it in that continuity. Um, the screenplay is by Josh Friedman, Rick Jaffa, and Amanda Silver, and Patrick Eisen. Uh, Joe Hardwick Jr., Jaffa, Silver, and Jason Reed are the film's producers, with Peter Sheridan and General Topping executive producing. So, we've got a title... We've got a star. We got our director. We got our writer. This thing's moving ahead. I'll be honest with you. I don't think they should be making this film. I really don't. I I, I think, I think this is a franchise that's played out. I think they should let rest, uh, resting dogs lie. I don't see any need for this film. Granted, there has never been a need for any film ever made. Granted, but um, I I don't know why they were visiting this one. I I just don't feel a hunger for it. I don't feel a desire for it amongst like. We do this show every day. I've never once, I don't think once we've had somebody around a question that says, where the hell's the new Planet of the Apes movie? I don't think we've ever once in five years had that question come in. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think once we've had that question. So I don't know, Rob, I know you are more enthusiastic about this than me. What do you think? Dude, you know, before Star Wars, I, I, I watched Star Trek, James Bond, and Planet of the Apes. You, we had five Planet of the Apes movies between, what, 68 and 72. There was the live-action series, the animated series. Planet of the Apes was the sci-fi franchise, John. It was. Yes, it was. It was the sci-fi franchise. Then there, You know, this will be the 10th Planet of the Apes movie, theatrical movie. Now, I love the fact that, you know, when they were, I have to say, when they were doing Rise of the Planet of the Apes, I was a little dubious. I was a little angry. I was mad. I'm like, how dare you? How dare you? Until I saw it. It was great. It was great. Yeah, it's great. And 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 then of course Matt Reeves cutting his teeth, you know, making making Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes, 
which I quite enjoyed, you know, uh, and, and the fact that they're going to make an in-continuity continue on because really that new trilogy does not contradict the first five Planet of the Apes movies. I mean, Tim Burton's film is an outlier. It's an <laughs> yes. outlier. It's part of the multiverse. Uh, yeah, part of the, part of the plan, multiverse. It's part of the yes. Planet of the Apes multiverse. So for me, bring it on. Although I do think it should have been dawn then rise that still irks me in, instead of rise, <laughs> yeah, that lot, that, yeah. That, 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 it's true and listen don't miss don't misinterpret me like me saying i don't even think you should make this is not at all slight on those films because those films are incredible they let are. me rephrase for the most part those films are yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah i thought war for the planet of the apes showed that the franchise was out of steam to, to be honest with you i did not think it was very good and and one of the most horribly misleading ad campaigns Ever, because 90% of the stuff in the trailers were not in the movie. But uh, that aside, but I just thought the franchise ran out of steam, but I do love two and a half of those three movies. I, I mean, look, I, I think one of the things about the Planet of the Apes films is they've always kind of had social commentary built absolutely, into them. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm very curious, like, do the apes get social media? Like, I don't know. Anyway, Amy, what do you think about this? We've got a title. We got a star. By the way, I love who they who they've cast. I love her and Witcher. But yeah. what do you think about this? I'm just picturing all the apes trying to learn a TikTok dance together. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Not something that's really you know fruit in my loops. Not something I'm horribly excited about. But uh, kind of you know piggybacking off of what you said, Rob. I, I do agree. You know, sci-fi, even when it can feel a little played right, out. Sorry to interrupt. See that picture. Yeah, not in the movie. That does that does not happen in the movie. Just just throw just just sorry. I'm so pissed about that. In my in my imagination, it did. In, in my head canon, it did. But that yeah. does not happen in the movie. Okay, sorry. Go on. Uh, but I do agree. You know, I I think sci-fi, even when it feels you know this franchise is a little played out. I'm not incredibly excited about it. If they can find something to make it feel relevant and make it feel fresh and make it feel like yes, this is a movie that needed to exist in whatever that's going to be 2023, 2024. Maybe it'll knock my socks off. I don't know. I hope it's good. I know. Yeah, I me listen, too. I hope it's great. There's been my favorite thing is when I see a movie that I think looks stupid and looks awful, and then I end up loving it. That's what like that's one of the best experiences as a film. John, fan. I also have to say that Planet of the Apes, when I first saw it for the very first time, was one of the most senses shattering things I'd ever seen. It cemented my lifelong love of movies that War of the Worlds I'd already seen, but I didn't know what Planet of the Apes was. And as a film fan, as a kid, I'm watching this movie. I'm like, oh, it's astronauts because I watch stuff. That, when the apes show up in Planet of the Apes, I think I was five, and you hear Jerry Goldsmith's score, and there's an ape on the back of a horse. Which, which raises the question, how did they teach those apes to ride horses? Again, for me, it was just magic. Sorry, a little Shang-Chi in there. It, it was magic. I, I know, it's good. But, but it was so, it, the, the first Planet of the Apes movie is so vivid in my mind for that reason. It really changed my life. All right, guys, question is for you. It looks like they've got a title, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, and they've got a star for it as well. Everything is in place. This thing is a go. How do you guys feel about it? Are you super excited for it? Or are you more pessimistic like me, uh, more enthusiastic like Rob? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's get into our newest segment here on the John Campia Show, which is, of course, our Mint Mobile Hotline question of the day. If you would like to get your voice on our show asking a question, simply call the hotline at 
five nine. You know, it's funny. I say right on the message, keep it to twenty seconds or less. And I got a lot of people writing in these three minute long diatribes. But anyway, call on in your question, and maybe you'll hear your voice on our show. So, Jonathan, what is our Mint Mobile hotline question today? Hey, John, and all my fellow Batman Beyonders. Uh-huh. This is Justin. I'm down here in Cape Coral, Florida, locked up in my house, waiting out this hurricane we got on us. Figured I'd kill some time and see some kind of movie before I lose my power and saw that the Monsters was on. Did you guys get a chance to check it out? Rob Zombie, I love you. I'll come see you any show that you play. I've seen you multiple times, but damn it, stop directing movies. <laughs> love you guys. <laughs> all right, and Justin, uh, take care of yourself, man, batting down the hatches. We hope this thing gets hey, uh, hey. past you fairly quickly. Um, yeah, listen, we've been talking about Monsters for a while. Truly one of the worst trailers I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I, and, and I don't, I'm not even saying that as hyperbole. Like it's, it's one of those trailers we look at and go, how the hell is, is this for real? Or is this a joke? It's actually a movie. So I sat down to watch some of it. No, let me rephrase. I sat down to watch it. I ended up watching some of it. I could not get past 30 minutes. <laughs> I wanted to bail after about five. And I said to myself, I said, self, Give it at least a half hour. And I, I, God, I gave it a go. It's awful. It's, it's really quite bad. Now, here's the thing. It, when you get a movie like this, in its awfulness, you can look at it and say, you know what? For the right kind of person, this could hit you the right way. And so I'm actually not shocked when I load up Rotten Tomatoes and I see it's got like a 30-something percent. Which, of course, I mean, you would think it would have like a 3%, but but even when I'm watching and thinking this is horrible, I can think, you know what, there's some senses of humor and some senses of whimsy that I think are going to watch this and, and it's going to click for them. I am not one of them. So it's sitting at about 30%, which, hey, listen, means about one out of every three people watching it are liking it. And, hey, God bless, that's great. But, yeah, I, I really thought it was bad. And, you know, listen, for... 15, 16 years, every phone I've ever had. Now, today it's different. It's just all streamed. But every phone I've ever had, I've got certain songs and playlists. Every single one of them had Rob Zombie's Dragula on it, as well as probably a couple of others as well. I mean, I, I'm a Rob Zombie fan, but I, I've never been able to click with him as a director. The one he did, what was Salem... Something about the yeah, uh, Lords of Salem. Yes, that one I didn't. I didn't mind that one so bad. I, I honestly, I didn't mind that one. But that's the only one. This was truly awful. I couldn't get through it. Rob, did you fare any better than me? No. As a matter of <laughs> fact, you're a better man. Look, I tuned in out of curiosity. I, I am not. You know, when you first saw things like the Devil's Rejects, you know, and 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 he when he first started out, um, those two movies are all right. Like as a throwback to seventies exploitation grindhouse movies i kind of like those but they were though even those are like way too mean-spirited for me but then everything that he's done since i really disliked his halloween movies his yeah halloween, yeah yeah uh, they were they were terrible really did not it, it's it's like I, I appreciate what he's trying to do but i don't think he understands the cinematic language just putting putting shots together and this was it was so you know the, the original monsters i grew up watching and it was funny because the monsters like didn't realize who they were. Like we knew they were 
monsters, but they, I mean, it was, there was something about it. I don't know if it was too self-aware. It was too camp. It was too, I, I just watched this. I couldn't get through it. I, I watched, I tapped that after about 15 or 20 minutes. You know, what's funny. Rob Zombie came into our studio once when I was still with AMC. He came into our AMC movie news studio uh, for about, he was there for about a good hour. So not what you would expect. Right. Sweetheart of a guy. Like super nice, really charming, very engaging. Like just, a, you just can't help. He's, he's one of those people. He's kind of like a Ray Ora. You just can't help but within five minutes of talking to him, you just like him. You know, he's just a totally, totally likable guy. So I wished... Oh, I, well, I mean, I'm obligated because you're family, but I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just, I family. want, when I heard he was going to do the monsters, I wanted to be, it to be something that was good for him. But I, I, just, I did too. And, and clearly he loves the monsters, you know, and it's just like when he made house of a thousand corpses and devil's rejects, he loves this entire genre of seventies exploitation grindhouse. But there was something in the translation that doesn't work. And I think that's true of this movie too. Oh, the, the people playing the parts, I mean, at least Herman, I thought he played that part well. That was like how he was on, on the TV show, right? <laughs> yes. Actually, you know what? Yes, that's I true. Mean, but I, you I wasn't needed... even him. I mean, he had the same voice. No, it wasn't him. I, I, oh, can, I can assure you it was not him. Um, but anyway, guys, ten what did ten. you think? <laughs> 10 out of 10. That's out of no go or Ralph. It's a Ralph. What do you guys think about? Have you had a chance to watch... The monsters. Maybe you're one of those. Again, that's not a small number. One out of every three is not a tiny number. No. That are enjoying it. Maybe you're one of those people. Ooh, statistically, so when I get to check it out, I will love it. That's just numbers. I mean, out of the three, that's right. Statistically Can't speaking, wait. Wow. you are going to be the one out of three. <laughs> I'll I, check it out tonight. How did you guys feel about it? Whatever your thoughts are, jump into the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Tomorrow. Okay, guys. We're going to do something we haven't done in a little while here. Uh-oh. We're going to play a little game of over-under. But before we do, we're going to hear from one of the sponsors of today's show, our friends. I love their shirts at True Classic. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's episode, True Classic. This brand new sponsor has the absolute best fitting t-shirts that a man can buy. Finding the right t-shirt with a little bit of a dad bod is incredibly frustrating. Most t-shirts are either way too tight on your gut or look way too big and boxy. You're not in high school anymore and it's time to upgrade. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men finally get a better fit at an affordable price. And the John Campy Show viewers and listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off using the code CAMPIA at trueclassic.com. Look, you and I both know that almost all of men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six-packs. But let's be honest, that's not most of us. True Classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt that you can always confidently throw on. Like most of you guys, ever since college, I have always struggled to find proper-fitting t-shirts that are comfortable. Well, True Classic, from the moment I put on the shirt they sent me, solves it. And True Classic doesn't just stop at tees. From polos and workout shirts with the same flattering fit. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code CAMPIA. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day refund policy. Stay classy with True Classic. Your dad bod <laughs> will thank you. And thank you to our friends at True Classic for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. All right, guys, it's time. We're going to play a little bit of Over Under. And here's what's at stake. This, Robert Pattinson, the Batman, 
Funko Popped, autographed by the crew here, that will be shipped out to one of our channel members. Because here's how we're going to do. We're going to play a little game of over-under. We're going to list off a question that has an over-under answer to it. Amy, Rob, and Ray will be playing. We, we will simply ask them after four seconds to either give a thumbs up or a thumbs down, indicating whether they think the answer is over or under. We will see the answer, and whoever has the most points at the end of the game will win this Funko Pop for the channel member that they are representing. And what a great pop. I just want to say, what a great pop to give away. Perfect just giveaway. All right. Hold on. Let me throw an uh, audible here. All right. I'm so bad at these games. Can I get Taylor as my teammate? You have a 50-50 shot, Ray. <laughs> yeah. Flip a coin. Ray, I'll You're right. You. I'll You're right. You can do this. Okay, so representing uh, Rob will be representing our channel member Chad Burney. Uh, Ray will re be representing our channel member Corey Frazier. I'm sorry, Corey. And Nathan, uh, Nathan <laughs> Barron uh, will be represented by Amy. Okay. So there we go. And now it is time for us to play. Play along at home, everybody. If you think you know the answer, fire it into the live chat if you're watching. So let's get in. Now, are, we got a theme. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Celebrating the news of Wolverine coming to Deadpool 3. This is going to be a Deadpool 3 sort of themed over-under. Are we ready? Remember, so I'm going to read the question. I'm going to give you a countdown. And then when I get to zero, you got to put up your thumb, uh, hold up a thumb up or a thumb down directly towards your camera. Okay? Okay. All right. Here we go. Question number one. How many movies did Hugh Jackman appear as Wolverine? Over or under 9.5. How many movies did Hugh Jackman appear in as Wolverine over or under 9.5 films? And answer in three, two, one. Put out the thumbs. Everybody is saying under, and the answer is... Under, Hugh Jackman appeared as Wolverine in nine different films. So everybody is off to a clean start. Okay, we're tied at ones across the board. Actually, can you keep score for me, um, Taylor? Yeah. So we got ones across the board. All right. Let's get into question number two. How tall is Ryan Reynolds? Over or under six foot one and a half? How tall is Deadpool star Ryan Reynolds? Over or under six foot one and a half? And answer in three, two, one, thumbs. And everybody is saying under again. They're sticking right. All right. And the answer is over. Oh, oh I was going to say. Listed. Sorry, Chad. Listed. I'm going to bet the actual. Ryan Reynolds is listed as being six foot two. And I, and I can, like when I've stood, Brian's yeah. a tall, tall guy. Yeah. Ryan's a tall dude. So, yes, he is six foot two. All right. Mm. Everybody still has mm. one point each. We're still tied Damn as we it. move in to question number three. How much did Deadpool 1 and 2 combined make at the worldwide box office? Over or under 1.61 billion. How much did Deadpool 1 and 2 combined make at the worldwide box office? Over or under 1.61 billion dollars. Answer in 3, 2, 1. Thumbs. And we all, again, we all get the same answer. All saying over and the answer is... And the oh, answer is... I can see it. <laughs> under! Ooh, oh. The two movies made a combined box office of $1.57 billion. So, 
We've got one right answer for everybody, two wrong answers for everybody. <laughs> what if this continues the entire time? <laughs> yeah. Woo. And we, we move in now it. to question number four. And our fourth question. How old was Hugh Jackman when the first X-Men movie came out? Over or under 30 years old. How old was Hugh Jackman when the first X-Men movie came out? Over or under 30? Answer in three, two, one. Answer. Everybody's the same thing again. They're all saying over. And the answer is... And the answer is over. He was born in October of 1968. Jackman was 31 years old when the first X-Men debuted in July of 2000. All right, so... Everybody now has two points. We only got three questions left. <laughs> so far, for the first time in the history of Over Under, everybody's given the exact same answer for every question. Let's see if that changes up here. All right. Is this question number five? Jonathan? Yeah. All right, question five. number five. How many times has Ryan Reynolds been married? Over or under 2.5 times. How many times has Ryan Reynolds been married? Over or under 2.5 times. And answer in three, two, one. Answer. All right. Rob is saying over. Amy and Ray are saying under. And the answer is under. Wow. Ryan sorry, Reynolds Chad. has been married. To, were you thinking of Alanis Morissette? Yes. Yeah, that, I knew somebody would. I was dated thinking, her for I a long thought time. he was married to Alanis Morissette than Scarlett Johansson. Right. So the answer actually is under. Bring that back up again, Jonathan. Yeah. I didn't um, even know they dated. Ryan Reynolds <laughs> has been married twice. He married Scarlett Johansson in 2008 and has been married to actress Blake Lively since 2012. He never did marry Alanis Morissette. Were they Damn all it. wrong? Were they all wrong? Isn't it ironic? <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> ironic? Don't you ironic. think? All right, so what's our score now here, Taylor? Oh, my God, this is a lot of math. I think Rob is at two, Amy's at three, and Ray is at three. Well, right. I could get smoked by Amy and Ray. All right, so we're moving now. Two questions left. <laughs> Still time here for Rob to pull this out and win. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> And when what? <laughs> the grand yeah, yeah, yeah. finale. I'm not even going to say anything. Here's a question. Question number six. <laughs> How many Hugh Jackman films have made over $800 million at the worldwide box office? Oh. Over or under 1.5? How many Hugh Jackman films have made over $800 million at the worldwide box office? Over or under 1.5? And you answer in three. Two, one, answers. Ray and Rob are saying under. Amy is saying oh, over. And the answer is this be it. under. Hugh Jackman has never had a movie been over $800 million. Wow. Hugh Jackman's biggest box office was X-Men Days of Future Past, which made $764 million. He has made no films that have made over $800 million. And actually, his highest grossing film that was not an X-Men related film was Les Miserables, which is his number five biggest film. Mm. All right. What is our score now heading into the final question? Uh, carry the one, add the zero, Rob's at three, Amy's at three, and Ray's at four. I want to recount. I want to recount. Taylor can't do math. I cannot do Ray math. is heading into the final question in the lead. It's his to win. His is, as they say in baseball, his destiny's in his own hands. Did we all just get hustled by Ray? We did. Could be. I've been hustled by Ray. You've been hustled by Ray. All right. Here hey, we Justin. go. Final question. Question. I mean, he does do the graphics. Number seven. No, I did he these. didn't do these. It's a little, a little dubious. <laughs> Question. Rob. What is the official runtime of Ryan Reynolds' 2021 film, Free Guy? Over or under one hour and 48 minutes? 
What is the official runtime of Ryan Reynolds' 2021 oh, film sleep. Free Guy over <laughs> under one hour and 48 minutes? And answer in three, oh. two, one. Answer. Everybody is saying over, oh, no. and indeed the answer is over. Free Guy has an official runtime <laughs> of one hour and 55 minutes. So, Taylor, what is the final tally? All right. Rob and Amy are tied at four, and Ray won with five. Ray Aura is your winner, Ooh, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, Chad. This is bullshit. Which means that uh, who did he win this for? Corey Frazier. Corey Frazier, one of our channel members, congratulations. Uh, the whole crew here is going to autograph this Batman Funko Pop. Uh, Ray will be in touch with you. Uh, check the comment section in the community post, and we'll get your address and everything, and we'll get this thing sent off to you. So that'll do it. For, it's not pickup. They don't have to, they don't have to drive here and pick pickup. it up. No, yeah, we're going we're gonna to go so far as to ship it to them. Oh, wait, hold on. I want to say thank you to Jonathan for the cheat sheet. Thank you so much. <laughs> cheat sheet. How do you, you still, still get several wrong? <laughs> And that you just still got good. three of them wrong. Hey, <laughs> guys, uh, listen, let us know, by the way, uh, down in the comments, if you uh, if you enjoyed this little sidestep from everything else, and if you'd like to see us continue to do games like Over and Under here on the show. All right. With that all down, guys, let's get into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here on the show? Well, that's simple. You guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we should cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime 24-7 to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Amy. What is our first main topic today? Our first topic today comes to us from Confused Connoisseur. We finally got some fantastic news as John Krasinski's Jack Ryan Season 3 is now confirmed to release on December 21st. This has been a very unusual long wait as Season 2 was released three years ago and we, have gotten, we haven't gotten any update even though Season 4 was greenlit and had completed filming in May. Regardless, John, I'm really, um, guessing, excited to see Krasinski's character display another fantastic season so what are your thoughts and are you excited for season three thanks and bring on the filthy all right thanks a lot for that and you'd be forgiven if you'd forgotten this was even a show it has indeed been three years since the last season now of course there was a little thing called covid uh that came along and what? john krasinski's been pretty busy uh with all that kind of stuff but jack ryan season three is coming and this has got to be i i would love to look this up other than some animated shows which i know you've worked on has there been two seasons completed in the can before one of them actually comes out in theater or comes out on at home on television? Because three and four have been done shooting for a while. We haven't gotten three, but we do now have a release date. This comes from the folks uh, over at Screen Rant who write the following. During the events of the Jack Ryan season two finale, Krasinski's protagonist was seen exposing corruption within the U.S. Senate. In the upcoming episodes, he'll find himself as essentially a fugitive and wrongfully implicated in a conspiracy that has left him out in the cold. Wanted by both the CIA and an international rogue faction, he has, under, he has uncovered Jack goes underground. He moves through Europe, having to stay alive, all while doing his best to prevent a massive global conflict. And that to us, again, comes us from Screen Rant. Now listen... The first season of Jack Ryan came out. I loved it. I, I thought that first season was fantastic. I like the second season. I, I did not like it nearly as much as I liked the first season, but I, I did like it. 
I got to tell you, I don't have a lot of interest in this third season. Mm -hmm. One, because I thought the second season was a decline. Two, it's been three years, and so my interest has kind of waned. But most importantly, that synopsis, why is it every single action hero at some point becomes wanted by their own government? <laughs> we saw it in Bond. We saw it in Bourne. We saw it in 24. We saw it, like, eventually the hero becomes, they're on the run from their own government now. They're framed for, I, this, they literally, this isn't something that's happened a lot. This happens every time. <laughs> and I'm kind of over that trope. So look, do you believe for a second that I won't check this out when it drops? Obviously I will. I like the first two seasons, but I, I gotta, I'd be dishonest with you if I told you I was super interested in it because this sounds like, oh, ho-hum, we've seen this storyline a thousand times. Why are they going back to this one again? Anyway, Rob, I know you, like me, you were a big fan of season one of this yeah. show. How do you feel about the coming of season three? Uh, you know, I'm a big Tom Clancy novel fan, and Krasinski's the fifth, it's crazy to think this, but the fifth character, or fifth actor to play Jack Ryan. Right. You know, after Alec Baldwin and Harrison Ford and, and Ben Affleck and, of course, uh, Chris Pine. I'm like you. I listen to the synopsis, and I'm like, okay, we've heard this before, but... If it's done well, it's always a good story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like you, I, I mean, I really lo just love Krasinski in the role. I like how they've kind of made it a hybrid from what Jack Ryan was as a young Jack Ryan, as opposed to what he became in the movies. I, I think that as long as, look, there's so much rich, fertile ground to cover in our world today that I think it could be a good show. And it's beautifully made. The production values, I mean, they actually go on location. You know, they go to interesting places. And I, I'm hoping it's going to be good. And we's getting it anyway. So hey, hope you bring the eternal. To your point, how many times have I had a bowl of vanilla ice cream? A lot of times in my life, yeah. I tell you. Guess what? If it's good vanilla ice cream, I'm still going to be happy. Agreed. So we, to your point, yeah. But, we've seen this before. But I, it, it's done well. But like you, I thought this season two was, was it was a step down. And it bummed me out because season one was really good. Yeah. So here's something they can return to form. Amy, what do you think about this? And by the way, we, we forgot to actually say what the release date was. It's December 21st. Yeah, I think December that was in 20, the, the message. Did we mention that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. December 21st, it comes back. Anyway, the Amy, Christmas what do you think about present. this? Uh I'm going to be honest. I've never been a Jack Ryan fan. You know, I feel like in this day and age, there's sort of a thing for me where if it's not something that naturally really, really sparks my interest, I need to hear about a show at least once from a person I really trust or twice from like tangentially from people. And I just haven't heard people talking about this show. So it was never super on my radar. Mm. That said, like you guys are saying, if it knocks it out of the park, great. Happy to have, you know, more good stuff. I think, you know, they're lucky that John Krasinski is sort of continually having a moment and, and right. we'll see how, how things yeah. keep going. But uh, I think there will at least be enough interest, at least off of, you know, sort of this fantastic for buzz, however that fully pans out. I think him riding that buzz will at least get some eyes on this show that may have not been there, had had his career sort of fizzled in the last couple of years. And the other reality is this. Amazon has another super spy show going on that I'm mm. actually way more interested in right now with Reacher. Uh, because I like Jack Ryan season one. Reacher season one was yeah, fantastic. I so I'm, I'm really excited about because They started shooting season they two last shooting, week. Yes. Saw that. All right, guys, question is for you. After three years, we finally have a release date for Jack Reacher, or Jack Reacher, um, 
Why, why did I suddenly freeze on his name? Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan I, just, I just had Reacher on the brain. Jack Reacher. They Jack should team Ryan, up. They should totally team up. They're both in Amazon for Jack Ryan season three. <laughs> Are you guys excited for it? Have you even watched the show at all yet? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, we're going to take a second now and thank another sponsor of today's show, one of our longest-term sponsors, our friends over at Stamps.com. We want to take a second and thank a sponsor of this video, Stamps.com. Guys, I know it feels early, but Christmas really is right around the corner. And if you've got a lot of stuff to send to family this year, you got to start thinking ahead. And if you're a small business owner, you know how important it is to be ready for the insane holiday season. Stamps.com has everything you need to make your life a whole lot easier. It's the 24-7 post office that you can access from anywhere. No lines, no traffic, no hassle. Get access to the USPS and UPS services that you need to run your business right from your computer. Protect your margins with major discounts from USPS and UPS rates up to 86% off. All you need is a computer and a printer. We all know that rates are always changing, but with Stamps.com's switch and save feature, you can easily compare carriers and rates so you know that you're getting the best deal every single time. And if you're running an online store, Stamps.com works seamlessly with all the major shopping carts and marketplaces. So get ahead of the holiday season chaos this year. Get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with the promo code CAMPIA for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts required. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code Why CAMPIA. Hey, oh. thank you. <laughs> Who knows what we were talking about there? <laughs> Thank you to our friends at Stamps. Always that moment, I'm like, mm, well, I'm coming back. I hope they didn't catch just the last few syllables of what I was saying out of context. I'm like, I gave him a countdown. Oh, you had a great night last night with all the solos. Out with the boys. It's not Friday. You can't make me laugh this hard. The last couple of words out of context. Not paint the right picture. All right. Thank you to Stamps.com for spreading <laughs> I did give a countdown, to be fair. Yeah, you did, uh, for being sponsors of this episode of the John Campia Show. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move into main topic number two. Amy, what is our second totally on topic topic today? Our second topic comes to us from Chris Parker. News has just broke that the SEC is suing MoviePass executives for fraud. They allege that uh, the executives intentionally made misleading statements regarding the company's financial position and its activities and that they knew their business model couldn't be sustained. John, you were never a fan of the MoviePass top brass, but even you must be surprised at the recklessness of their behavior. And do you think it's now only a matter of time before the current movie pass rebrands to steer clear of this mess all right thanks for sending it in now look the first thing we should mention here is that this has nothing to do with the current new original ownership of movie pass mm -hmm. the people who are now back in control of movie pass this has nothing to do with them whatsoever it has everything to do with those jackholes who were running movie pass <laughs> for those years Listen, I, I had been on record for a long, long, long time about MoviePass. MoviePass, when it came under their new ownership, the quote-unquote new ownership at the time, they came out and said MoviePass, which was working pretty well. I mean, it was the first thing we'd ever heard of at the time living in the United States, that it came out like for a 20-something dollar a month 
thing. I could go to any movie. I could go to any movie anytime. It was a great idea. And I think it got up in Los Angeles. It cost more. It cost about 25, 26, 27 bucks. But for someone like me, that was still totally worth it. I was saving tons of money by using it. So then the new owners came in and they announced to the world, shock the world, movie pass, all you can watch movies for $10 a month. And we're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. How, how, now, the model was pretty simple and basic. And actually, I'm wondering if I can do this. Yeah, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pull up the Campia classroom here. So, uh, Jonathan, if you want to be able to take a second, I'm going to need a moment here to clear this thing up anyway. Let's go over to the Campia classroom, and we're going to look at MoviePass. Okay? So, here's the thing that... This was the basic model for MoviePass, Okay? The basic model for MoviePass that the quote-unquote new owners at the time were pulling in was this. Uh, you uh, pay $10 a month, okay? So I would pay MoviePass $10 a month. But here's why immediately people like myself and others said something doesn't add up here. Every time, um, every damn time, uh, I used MoviePass... MoviePass had to pay the movie theater full ticket price. Okay? Ticket price. Now, <laughs> when you're John Campia and you're living beside and working in the AMC Burbank 16 and you go in to watch a James Bond movie, not an AMC Prime, not an IMAX, you're paying 15 bucks a ticket. Okay? 15 bucks a ticket. Now, the way it worked is I would take out my MoviePass card. It, I, I registered on the app. It would immediately credit the amount of money onto the MoviePass card, which was just a MasterCard, the exact amount for a movie ticket at that theater. I would then go to AMC and just pay for my movie ticket with this MasterCard full price. So that meant every damn time I went to the movies... Uh, if I can type on this right, movies, movie passed, lost five bucks. Hold on, Taylor, can you run those numbers for us? Find oh. <laughs> up. So I pay $10 a month, and as soon as I go to one movie, movie pass was out five bucks. So the first time you went to a movie, movie pass was out five bucks. Yeah. Every time after right. that, movie pass was out 15 bucks. So if I went once a week, if I went uh, one times per week, that should be one time per week, uh, that's 60 bucks a month that MoviePass is having to pay to the movie theaters while still only getting 10 bucks from me. Now they're in the hole, 50 bucks. How the, heaven help them if I started going to two movies a week because now they're paying the movie theater 120 bucks while only getting $10 from me. And this was their business model. A bad pyramid scheme. I've, I've never seen a business model that was like just basically me in college using my debit card going, it'll be fine and refusing <laughs> fine. to check the balance. Daddy love pay it. <laughs> they were dependent on new subscribers that and is. that hope, hoping people would just pay and not go. Well, no, see, this is the thing. Wait, now, when pressed like on it. When, Daddy will pay it. Is that what you think of me? Thank you. <laughs> so, there, and they said this, the CEO, when pressed on this, they actually said, we are relying on a gym membership model mm. where gyms don't make money from the people that go to the gym. 
they make their money from the people who sign up for the gym and never go, which is probably five out of the six people in this room, right? And probably five out of the six people in whatever room you're in. But that's not how movie going works Mm -mm. because people don't like going to the gym, (laughs) but people like going to the movies. Eating popcorn. So they didn't believe their own bullshit. They They knew this wasn't true, which started to make their true colors come out. Their real scheme Schemers. was to blackmail movie theater chains and studios. That was their real business model. So let's go back to the classroom. So their obviously will never work in a million years business model was, was that was all up front. Their real business model was blackmail. The blackmail was basically this. Once they hit, I can't remember what the threshold was, 1 million, 5 million, 10 million subscribers because everybody was signing up for it for all the movies you can watch for 10 bucks a month, sure thing. So then what they started to do is they used blackmail. They started going to AMC theaters, Regal Cinemas, and others saying, you know, it'd be a shame if these fancy windows got broken. What they said was, you know, it would be a shame AMC theaters or Regal Cinemas or Cinemark theaters. Be a shame if our 10 million active movers, whatever the number was, if our X number of million of active users, if we said they couldn't use our service at your theater. All these millions of moviegoers are going to have to go to your competitor. It would be a shame if that happened. You know what, AMC theaters? We think uh, you should give us a discounted rate on tickets, and we think you should give us 15% of your concession stand sales. We think you should give us 15% of your concession stand sales. Now, I don't know what you know about movie theater business, but that's where they make all their money. So, of course, AMC Theaters and Regal and others uh, wrote a very polite note that said, fuck yourself. That ain't happening. We are not giving you discounts on our tickets, and we are not going to give you a cut of our concession stand prices. Then, here's what happened. That was with the theaters. Blackmail the theaters. Then, they decide we're going to blackmail the studios. Because what they started going to is they started going to studios. They say, hey. You want to buy a big ad space on our MoviePass app? Because if you don't, it would be a shame if we didn't let our MoviePass subscribers go to see your studio's movie that weekend. And this happened on a weekend when, what was the name of the uh, Bruce Willis remake of the 70s? Death Wish. Death Wish. The same weekend, uh, director of... um, Uh, Eli Roth. Eli Roth, thank you. Eli Roth directed Bruce Willis in Death Wish. And Jennifer Lawrence's Red Bird, Red Sparrow... Yeah. Red Sparrow? Mm, I'll go Sparrow. with Red Sparrow. Those two movies were opening on the same weekend. Let's go full screen again, Jonathan. Those two movies were opening on the same weekend. Guess what? Death Wish and the studio behind Death Wish paid MoviePass a bunch of money to advertise and to promote Death Wish on the MoviePass app. So guess what happens when MoviePass subscribers, a.k.a. me, went to the movie theaters that weekend to see Red Sparrow? Pulled out my movie pass card, pulled out my app to get ready to buy my my Red Sparrow ticket. Guess what? Movie pass wasn't going to let me go see Red Sparrow. You know why? Because their studio didn't pay them money. Their studio did and blacklisted the other one. It became a whole scheme of blackmail and extortion and whatever. And these guys were dirty. And now the chickens have come home to roost because now they're getting their asses sued by the government. Uh, This comes to us from the folks uh, over at The Hollywood Reporter write the following. Uh, 
from August of 2017 to last to to at least March of 2019, uh, Farnsworth and Lowe, these are the heads of the company, uh, the CEOs of HMNY and MoviePass, respectively, intentionally and repeatedly disseminated to the public materially false or misleading statements concerning MoviePass and the key aspects of MoviePass's business model, states the complaint. The SEC alleges, that's the Security and, Ex and Exchange Commission, alleges the execs lied about how MoviePass could become profitable and then, when faced with dubious finances, opted to curb heavy use of the service instead of coming clean. The complaints continue. In addition to the above fraud, between January and April 2018, MoviePass executive, uh, a MoviePass executive submitted to HMNY and MoviePass, consequently, and and through items, you know what, I think I missed a part there, opted to curb use of the service and claim, the complaint continues, in addition to the above fraud, between January and April 2018, Farnsworth and Lowe approved false invoices that item, a MoviePass executive submitted to HMNY and MoviePass. Consequently, and through item submission of additional false documents, item wrongfully obtained more than $310,000 from HMNY and MoviePass for his personal benefit. So they knew their, their business model wasn't going to work. They kept telling their shareholders, this is our business model. It's totally going to work. And here's why. They then started canceling and suspending people who had the audacity to use MoviePass. They started cutting them off while still taking their money. People were canceling memberships and still getting charged every month for it. And then we find out they were siphoning off funds to give to their buddies in the company while everybody else was going broke and the company tanked. And now the SEC is saying, yeah, this can't go unpunished. So they're now being sued. Anyway, Rob, that was a huge long way to set up th th this whole thing that MoviePass and Listen, you guys know if you followed me for any time, I've been very, very passionate about this whole issue of MoviePass for a long time. But the lawsuit's now happening. Does this bring any sort of catharsis to somebody like you who you were one of the people that got ripped off by MoviePass? I got a MoviePass for the holidays, you know, and uh, annual. It was paid for for a year. It was a sketchathon from almost the beginning. Sketchathon. And I, I, I was like, how even I would every time I think I used my MoviePass three or four times in like two months, January, February. And then it started to go awry. And you couldn't, it just didn't work. And I'm like, there's no way. You could tell right away that even with the best intentions, this is a failing business model. Because for the reasons you laid out, you know, they were losing money every time I went and saw the film. And you could tell that was what they were banking on, that gym membership model. Yeah. But like you pointed out, people, I liked MoviePass. Elizabeth had one too. And we would be like, what are we going to go see? We, I mean, not only did MoviePass, was it a thing we loved, it, we, 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 uh, our lives would plan out date night or whatever we're using movie they're pass. laughing at you Rob. <laughs> that's such I mean, a great picture they're laughing at the superior intellect yeah there you go i mean it's nice reference by the way uh it you knew it was it was lame and then when we started to not be able to go to movies i'm like and that was just a few months in i knew that this was too good to be true but elizabeth paid she bought herself one and me for the holidays that was a hundred or two hundred and forty dollars. It was an annual pass. It was one hundred twenty bucks. And did it go under before? It, oh, it went way under. We I, we saw three or four movies in in two months. And I'm going to assume you never got refunded for your. Of course not. Of course not. No. I just get flashbacks of like I don't know if it was the AMC or Collider days, but we talked about Movie Pass every day on that <laughs> on that show. Yeah, there. it was back. It was in the AMC days. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm getting like flashbacks. <laughs> Anyway, Amy, were you ever sucked into the vortex that was MoviePass? You know, I remember when it came out kind of going, oh, that sounds too good to be true. But yeah, I'll, I'll look into it when I get a second. Kind of by the time I loop back around, I was hearing, oh, 
No, it was too good to be true. Yeah. So I never had one, uh, and sounds like I kind of kind of uh, dodged a bullet on that one because yeah, it was it felt so quick. Like I said, it was like oh yeah, next month when like the holidays are over and I have a little more time, I'll, I'll look into. And then pretty immediately, it was like oh, I guess I won't be looking into that. But I can't wait for my like big short film documenting all of this. It's going to be fantastic. Look, yeah, and is who is it? Is Mark Wahlberg the one doing a movie pass documentary? Or, oh, I don't or, or know. some kind of biopic. I know there's like either a documentary or an actual biopic. I hope it's like a, a scripted. I feel like that would be fascinating. They're stoked about it now. Oh, you know yeah. what? This graphic, it says it all. It's not reserved. It says Mark served. Served. <laughs> you got. It's Mark served. Wahlberg. It's Mar it is Mark it's Wahlberg doing it. It's a series. Oh, it's a stocky series. Yep. Okay, I'm so I'm so down for this. Anyway, guys, I'm very happy about this. Uh, whatever you are, you guys, did you get sucked into the Movie Pass thing? Do you remember when it was actually a good service, and then the new owners took it over and changed to their little Ponzi scheme? Whatever you guys think about this, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's go into main topic number three, Amy. What is our third main topic today? Our third main topic comes to us from Bleeding Orange. Did you see the leaked Indy 5 trailer from D23? It looks really good, as does the de-aging of Ford, and it confirms the return of Sala. Now that it's leaked, do you think Lucasfilm should go ahead and release the trailer now? All right, thanks a lot for saying that. And what was the leaked trailer we were just talking about the other day? Which one was it that got leaked the other day? And I can't. Was it, it Loki season two? The yes, Loki season Loki, two yeah. one that got wow. leaked, right. So this one came out as well. Okay, so... <laughs> Seeing Sala back, that that made my heart smile. I oh my friends, I am so mm -hmm. glad you are not dead. I am so pleased you are not dead. I love Sala. Uh, he's still the voice of the best ride at Disneyland, even though I don't go to Disneyland anymore. Who Fuck Disneyland. Um, but my favorite ride at Disneyland was the Indiana Jones ride. And every time you be in that line, you hear the voice of Sala giving you your instructions. Loved that it. That actually was my, who did the voice for the ride was my neighbor for a while. And the first time he did it, it was truly just a top 10 moment of my life. Oh, that's amazing. Fun fact. Um, so I, the trailer looks great. You'd hear him, I miss the adventure and I miss this. Like, it's actually a really solid, a lot of action for an 80 year old man. Um, but, and you know what? It all looks pretty believable, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. But it's now leaked out. And it's out there. the description of the video has been out there ever since D23. And it, it looks really good. So now it's leaked. And again, we'll come up to the same question that we had with Loki. What does Lucasfilm do now? Now that this trailer is leaked out there, and we're not going to provide links to it or anything, but you can find it. Um, it. It's out there. What should they do? I still feel the exact same way. Now, my guess is they're planning. I, I bet they're planning on releasing this trailer with Black Panther 2. Um, but that being said, it's out there. People are having their first experiences with this trailer in a low quality format and millions of people are watching it already. So again, I feel that what Disney should do is what they have done in the past, which is, you know what? It's out there. Let's get ahead of it. Let's put out a great 4k copy of it. So people's first experience with it is a great one, but it doesn't look like they're going to do that. They didn't do it with the Loki season two one. So they're probably not, but I think that would be the wise thing for them to do. Rob, you had a chance to take a look at this trailer. Now, what do you think about the trailer, and what do you think Disney should do now? Oh, John, I, I haven't seen this trailer. <laughs> what are you I talking about? I don't watch bootleg trailers, and nor did I you know, put it in our group text either. Oh, when the cops bust down the door, you're going to be safe. Good move. I didn't do that. <laughs> I, I will say this. Here's my problem. That leaked trailer, the, the, the end joke in the trailer, which is a great joke, 
where Indiana Jones has his bullwhip and a bunch of dudes pull guns on him. Yeah. I'm like, whoever was filming the trailer, you know, missed that. Yeah. Which, come on, man. No, here's the thing. I don't understand in this day and age where all of us are carrying around 4K recording devices with multiple lens choices, if you have an iPhone 14 or whatever, whatever you're rocking, when they show trailers at an event where thousands of people are watching in a room, why do they think that these things are not going to leak? Yeah. I mean, hell, I was about to, I was about to drop, drop some green on the new Ray-Ban Wayfarers. Remember Google Glass, the new oh, yeah, Ray-Ban yeah, Wayfarers? They, they, would, they, would, they would pluck you off at the door. They well, yeah, I yeah, what I mean. Right. They would what? <laughs> but, you know, when the, when the lights are dimming, you just put those up. No, no, but yeah. I, I just, I don't understand. Just release the damn trailer. First of all, it's a great trailer. It's, it's a good trailer. It's a great trailer. Yeah. I'm like, I loved, like you said, you hear it's Sala's narration, you know, and I'm like, why can't I see this right now? I'd watch this trailer a hundred times. But no, no. I have to like wait till Wakanda forever in November. You know what they're going to have to do when when you go to a premiere now these days. At least most, at least a lot of the bigger ones. When you show up, they give you this like pouch bag, and you have to take your phone out. Yep. And you have to put it in this pouch bag. Then they seal the bag With and lock it. Yep. And it's a bag that blocks any sort of signal in and out. Mm-hmm. And then they give it back to you. You hold on to it, but you can't take your phone out. It's, right. it's locked in there. Yeah. And then when you're leaving the premiere, you go to, they have a bunch of table stations set up where they have people with the unlock mechanism. They open it up and open up the bag. Then you take your phone back out. They do it at TV, like, like, like TV show tapings and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to start doing that at events. Like that's a huge logistical nightmare, but they're going to, if they really are serious about keeping these things under wraps, they're going to have to start employing this at these conventions. I think they need to first do it at concerts. No more phones at concerts. That's my biggest thing. I like taking shots of, of what's oh, going man. on. Be shots in maybe, but video? Be in well, the like moment. five minutes of video. Like I, I, no, yeah, I, take it out, that... I take a 15-second shot of something, then I put my phone down. Yeah, there's people that have that thing up the whole time. Oh, yeah, the whole time. like, would you time. live in the moment? And I'm, I also apparently follow all of them on Instagram because every it. time you go on the stories <laughs> and it's just a million little dots and you're like, no, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> well, Amy, no. what, what, what does Disney do about it at this point? Should they release it? Should they just wait anyway? How do they curb this in the future? What are your thoughts? I mean, should, I think, absolutely just drop the damn trailer at this point. I think it's such a bummer. And yes, of course, I watched it mainly because I knew we were going to be talking about it today. Right. That I, was it. No, but genuinely, <laughs> if I kind of wish I waited because it feels like such a bummer way to see a trailer. Yeah, I agree. You're really missing, is, yeah. so, and especially one like that that has sort of those magic goosebumpy moments of you know the throwbacks and hearing the music. And my only concern, I feel like worst case scenario, this movie feels a little like, ah, eh, remember the things you like. But even then, we're all gonna yeah. kind of love it. Uh, I hope. But at the end of the day, it's such a bummer way to watch a trailer. It's such a it's like, you know, seeing a shitty, you know, Android photo of a piece of great art and being like, is this good? Like, I, I don't really even know yet. So, frankly, I, I kind of agree with you, Rob, in this day and age with just how ubiquitous it is that everyone has a camera on them constantly. And yeah, you can take steps, but it almost feels like you can't release things to a small room of people and not expected to get out there. I, I think it should just start becoming a little more the norm that if we're dropping this, we're dropping this, and we're at least going to drop it on our terms in the quality that it's meant to be seen in. 
All right, guys. Question is for you. Did you have a chance to see that Indiana Jones trailer that got leaked? If so, what did you think of it? I actually think it's really great. And what should they do about it at this point? I still think the right thing to do is just drop it online now, get ahead of it. But I don't think that's what they're going to do. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, let's get into our fourth and final main topic here today. Amy. What is our fourth main topic today? Our final topic comes from Vinar M. I'm hoping you uh, that you saw that Elizabeth Olsen is now saying that with Hugh Jackman coming back as Wolverine, that a Scarlet Witch and X-Men team is possible and that Michael Fassbender is her father in one of the universes. What do you guys think of Olsen's comments? And do you think we could uh, now see the Scarlet Witch presented as a mutant in the MCU? Would love to know your thoughts. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for sharing that, Vinar. And listen, I've had my complaints about Marvel, uh, the MCU phase four, certainly some fantastic stuff in it. Some absolutely fantastic Shang-Chi, WandaVision, Ms. Marvel. Uh, I really like Eternals, uh, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Uh, some of it's been pretty mid, some of it not so good. So it's been kind of mixed. That said, I actually think even though Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness is not one of the more beloved MCU movies, <laughs> I do actually think that the story path of Scarlet Witch has been one of the most fascinating things they've not just done in the phase four, but one of the most fascinating things I think they've done in the MCU. The, the whole, her origin story, where she came from, where we found her in, Wan in WandaVision, how things ended in WandaVision, and then seeing the progression of that into Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. I, I really do honestly think, even though I think Multiverse of Madness is a lower tier MCU film, I think her story is one of the most forward-thinking, best things Marvel's done. I, I really think it's an incredible story. And what do you do with her moving forward? Well, Kevin Feige's already said, we're not done. We haven't seen the last of Scarlet Witch, because, of course, this is the Marvel fake death universe. So, of course, she's going to be back. Well, she was actually on a red carpet when she got told by a reporter on the red carpet about the announcement of Hugh Jackman coming into the MCU again as Wolverine for Deadpool 3. And this is the response she had. This comes from the folks over at Variety who wrote the following. Oh, really? Olsen asked when she heard the news. Wow. Now that Jackman is returning as Wolverine, Olsen wants Scarlet Witch to team up with more X-Men characters on the big screen. I guess Wolverine is X-Men, Olsen said when asked about uh, which character she hopes to team up with in the future of the, of the MCU. It would be cool to work with a lot of those people from the X-Men franchise. I guess Michael Fassbender is my dad in some world. Olsen last played Scarlet Witch in Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness. The character took a villainous turn in the film, and her fate was left ambiguous by the end after she sacrificed herself to destroy the Darkhold in a moment of redemption. Marvel Studios' Kevin Feige all but confirmed to Variety that the character will be back. There really is so much more to explore, Feige said. We still haven't touched on many of her core storylines from the comics. And that comes to us again from Kevin Feige and the folks over at Variety. So look, I am fascinated with this character. Mm -hmm. I don't think there can be a full redemption story for her. I mean, she's just, I mean, she straight up murdered a lot of people and, and nearly killed a lot of the heroes and nearly destroyed all of reality with everything that she was doing. I mean, she, she, she broke bad. She broke bad, but that doesn't mean she's a monster. And yet she was pretty monstrous in this thing. So be interesting to see where they go. I love the fact that she brings up Michael Fassbender that she brings up. Hey, Fassbender's my dad in some universe that's out there. Now, look, I've been on record 
And I still believe, I don't think for a second that Kevin Feige intends to use any of the old Fox X-Men cast as their new iterations of X-Men characters moving forward. Hugh Jackman and Wolverine in Deadpool 3, that's that's an outlier. I mean, that's because it's Deadpool, so you can do that sort of thing. But I don't really think he has any plans for that. But even I, who've said for a long time, I don't believe that Kevin Feige intends to use any original cast members, nor should he. Even I would have to admit, if they were to come out and announce that Michael Fassbender was going to return as Magneto, and he was going to play, you know, Wanda's actual father. The one in her memories wasn't actually her dad. She, she, that was either an adopted dad or something along those lines, whatever. And to see, can we bring up Ray's thumbnail, the uh, the main show thumbnail, uh, if we can, if we got that around sure. somewhere? But to see the, can you imagine? Can you imagine the the Avengers, whoever the Avengers are at the time, held up at the new Avengers HQ mm. and marching down the road comes these two. That's shit your pants time. You see Magneto and Scarlet Witch marching down the road. That would be all kinds of awesome. I would love to see these two. And, and quite frankly, I don't think Michael Fassbender's done anything really good since he played Magneto, um, which is really <laughs> weird because he's, I mean, yeah, listen, listen, he's one of the best actors out there, but man, he, he picked crappy movie after crappy movie after crappy movie. Remember the snowman? What, what was the last thing of oh. the other big thing? Assassin's Creed. Didn't he do that? Yeah. Well, yeah. he first he did Assassin's Creed, which was just terrible. He did the snowman, which was just awful. He did the light between oceans, which I thought was a snore fest. Um, and he is a world class actor. So I, I would love to see him get back into thing. Man, I'd love to see him get back into that suit. Maybe get our friend Ashley back to maybe write some more spot, <laughs> might write some more stuff for him. But listen, her bringing up that whole idea about that and with Kevin Feige's comments, I think it sounds pretty clear that even Elizabeth Olsen knows her time as Scarlet Witch is not done. She's coming back to Scarlet Witch. And Rob, the question becomes they have never alluded to her being a mutant. It's always been something different because when they started her off in the universe, it had to be something different. Right. Yeah. Are they going to leave her that way? Or do you think they are going to bring in her mutantness into all this? And could we see her aligned with some X-Men characters moving forward? Well, first of all, I, I think Elizabeth Olsen's great. And she made one of those, I don't know if it was for Vanity Fair, but I remember she did a, a thing where she took you on a journey through Scarlet Witch in the comics. I and remember it, that, yeah. Yeah, and, but, and she seemed like she actually had read them. Like she didn't just read off a cue card or something and i was impressed by that i was impressed by her enthusiasm for the character so clearly she digs this role mm -hmm. and look as we were saying if she said you know no more mutants or whatever doing the house of m storyline i would love to see her come back because i i adore her as a performer i mean she's great in things like wind river too but i thought she was great so she's definitely gonna come back and i think they will admit that she's a mutant they're going to have to at some point because do they have to. They were, I think they do because, I mean, miracles, she'll find out. No, you you didn't get your powers through the Tesseract. You were latently a mute. You, your latent powers were, were part of your who you are. She, but nobody knew that yet because they didn't know about the existence of mutants. But I think she's definitely going to be back. I think she's going to be outed as a mutant. And I think she's going to wreck some more shop. 
Amy, you're seeing all this. Obviously, her, she's now talking like she knows she's going to be back. So that's yeah. almost a foregone conclusion at this time. She's talking about wanting to be aligned with X-Men characters, even bringing up the idea of Fassbender being her dad in some universe in this vast multiverse. I don't know. How do you see them moving forward with this? You know, this seems like a lot of her going, oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. So I, I do feel like there's an element of take what she's saying with a grain of salt. Yeah. This isn't her announcing anything. This doesn't even sound like it's coming from a place of like, oh, I can't say too much. But <laughs> that said, I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I, I agree that it feels really, really plausible that they are going to kind of swing back around on that and make mm -hmm. her a mutant now that they have that opening up as an option in the MCU. And I really do hope they team her up with the X-Men. I'd love to see more of this character. You know, I, I know there are options of, oh, it's a different universe is Wanda or whatever. But part of what I like so much about Wanda as a character is, yes, she's a villain, but she's a villain that comes from a really emotionally grounded place. You know, her whole story being one of, yeah, she did monstrous things because of her grief, because of her loss. That's a character I want to see more of. That's a character I want to see, you know, can she be this anti-hero? Can she have this redemption arc? What does that look like moving forward? So there's so much interesting, you know, so many interesting possibilities there. And and I think possibilities that could tag team up really nicely if they sort of looped her in with the X-Men world to give her sort of a bit of a home as a character. Right. It, it would be interesting, too, because in Multiverse of Madness, they almost painted themselves into a corner a little bit with Wanda because they did op her a little bit like she is really powerful like mm -hmm. she's she was taking on all the sorcerers right and she was more than a match for dr strange and like we saw her with the lashana lynch captain marvel that she could but i mean lashana lynch's captain marvel gave her a run i have a feeling maybe the carol danvers captain marvel may be a match for her maybe the souped up thor might be a kind of a match for her. Mm. Maybe if they ever returned Hulk to his true Hulkness, maybe. But there's not a there's. It's almost like the problem you get with Superman, right? Like, what's a real threat to Superman? That that's always been kind of a a big problem with trying to tell good, compelling Superman stories. And it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with her once they do bring her back. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about Elizabeth Olsen's comments here talking about wanting her character to line up with other X-Men, maybe even something like a Michael Fassbender in the future? I don't know. Whatever. There's a lot of possibilities here. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave us your thoughts. All right, guys. It is now that time that we are going to open up the Super Chats and turn it over to you. If you guys have a thought, theory, opinion, question that you want us to address, go ahead and fire those in now and we will read them off here. Remember, we only leave the Super Chats open for just a couple of minutes, so try to get them in fairly quickly if you can. Now, before we get to those questions, we're going to take a second and thank the major sponsor of our show here, our friends, speaking of Deadpool 3 and the MCU, over at Mint Mobile. Hey guys, we want to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month. And now for the plot twist. I'm just kidding, there isn't one. Seriously, Mint Mobile just has premium wireless service from 15 bucks a month. There's no trapping you into a two-year contract or opening the bill to find these crazy fees. There's no luring you in with free subscriptions to streaming services that you'll forget to cancel and be charged full price for. I used to dread opening my phone bill every month because every time I was opening it, it was like playing roulette 
roulette. I never knew what the actual price was going to be and it always seemed to get higher. But not with Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a family and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And if you're worried about the complication of switching things over, don't. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So guys, get premium wireless from just 15 bucks a month and no unexpected plot twists at mintmobile.com slash campia. That's mintmobile.com slash campia. Seriously, you'll make your wallet very happy at mintmobile.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at Mint, told you, at Mint Mobile for being sponsors of this episode of the John Campia Show. Never doubt me. All right. With that down, guys, you don't know what was going on. Uh, let's get now into our live question. Hey, by the way, for those of you who are channel members, some of you guys are beloved channels and firing those in. We ran a little experiment yesterday where we took the questions that our channel members sent in using their channel member free chats, and we did a separate video of it. So we're going to do that today. So if you got your chat, if you're one of our channel members, go ahead and send it in. We're going to do a dedicated video to that a little bit later today. So we're going to jump right into our super chat questions right now. So, Amy, what do we got? All right. Uh, we have a super chat, uh, some support from Rami Forever in uh, in Somatic 101 and more from Rami Forever. Thank and you, guys. And like $10 in there. Thank you, guys, so appreciate much. It. Just to be supportive. Appreciate that, guys. Uh, Collins E. pointing out the monsters with a higher tomato meter than Amsterdam. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> what, what was the movie we were talking about yesterday that had like well over a oh, smile? I said, right now, Smile has four times, a uh, four times higher critic rating than Amsterdam does. I'm very disappointed. Yeah. By now, that. listen, I have not seen it. So, but I am, I am, I am bummed out to hear that the responses to it have not been good. I've been looking forward to this movie. Let's see what I think about when I see it myself. All right. What's next? Uh, Amin says, really enjoyed the new Apes films. I also quite enjoyed the first Maze Runner film. So I'm looking forward to this new one. The title is great also. You know, I'll tell you what, when that, the, especially the first Maze Runner film came out, it looked like a trashy throwaway YA adaptation movie, right? Mm. And then I remember all of a sudden we're all like, you know what, that's not bad. It, it And it was, I mean, I wasn't as taken with the sequels, but I, the first one actually was not bad. I kind of dug it. All right, what's next? Uh, we got next one up. Yeah, can we scroll? There we go. Thank you. Groovy don't play says, given how many variants look alike, over under fifty percent that any of the actors reprise their roles for the new MCU X Men. If so, who? Love Groovy. Zero. I, I really don't think they're going to do that again. Doing a Deadpool three is an exception. You can have or doing like the Lark that they did in Doctor Strange with oh Earth eight one seven is uh, mm -hmm. that's your Patrick Stewart. They can do that, but in the core MCU, I just don't see them using any of them. I totally agree with you. I, and I think that they'll use whatever's going to happen in, in Deadpool 3 kind of to close that door. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. The end's going to be a tragedy where they say goodbye for the last time. It's going to be sad. We're going to cry, John. All right. What's next? Aww. Ben Rainer said uh, with the $20 super chat. Thank, thank you, you ben. ben. I know it's extremely unlikely, if not non-possible. I would love a whole Magneto family reunion in MCU. Magneto, Scarlet Witch, Evan Peters as Quicksilver, and Polaris from the Gifted TV show. You know what? Okay. Uh, I know this is was a side note in your question there, Ben, but I really like that Gifted TV show. It had its better moments and its worst moments, but overall, and Anne's friend Jamie Chung was one of the stars in it. Um, I, I, that was a much better show than I thought it had any business. It's being. Better than Agents of Shield. 
it was absolutely better than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, a lot of people are going to be screaming at me through their computer monitors right now, but I stand by that. I agree. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a significantly better show than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, I love that one a lot. And yeah, the Polaris character in it was actually pretty damn good. Um, I, I thought that it was unfortunate that show got canceled before its time. But yeah, but seeing like a whole Magneto family reunion could be fun. Again, I just don't think they're going to do it, though, unfortunately, Ben. And thank you again, Ben, for supporting us on that level, man. All right, what's next? Andy says, the only good thing about the Garbage Movie Pass execs is that they brought movie subscriptions to the mainstream, which helped lead to AMC. Actually, it didn't. Mm. When Movie Pass came out, long before Movie Pass, there was Cineworld. And Cineworld in the UK had their Movie Pass kind of program already going. AMC had actually, because you guys remember I had worked with AMC for a while. AMC had would actually been studying and researching their own thing based on the Cineworld model for a long time. Now, what the movie pass thing did was that it made it the whole concept of making movie going a subscription-based service like a lot of other things. It brought that concept to a lot of average people that now we understood and saw it and liked it. But AMC was already going in that direction. They were already had been researching it and all that kind of stuff and playing around with ideas for years before they actually launched it. But it did make it a big idea to a lot of average filmgoers that a subscription service that could work. And it totally does because AMC A-list is still, I think the best thing out there, Regal Unlimited, stuff like that. It's great. I love these programs. All right. What's next? Sam Fisher said, someone pointed this out to me, but what if Rhaenyra didn't drink the plan B tea and her eldest is actually Coles because that kid doesn't have Harwins. And then there's no part two. That's, mm-hmm. that's not, bad here's the question though i cannot remember timeline how long was there a time jump between when she shagged crispin or Kristen, and when the next episode when the wedding happened because that kid looked awfully young like he was just the kid Uh, yeah so i can't remember if there was a time jump there or not because if there was no time jump then hmm then maybe it could, but if there was like six months in between, I just can't remember. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that that, from what I understand, I don't think that factors in to the story. All right, interesting thought though. All right, what's next? Josh Becker says, "I hope Warner Brothers re-releases Dune before the second one." I don't see the need for it. It was just in theaters not long ago. I, I yeah, it's it's not like when Avatar's coming out. Well, the other Avatar hadn't been out. Originally came out 13 years earlier. By the time the next Mm. uh, Avengers movie comes out, it'll have been five years, six years. I I can't remember exactly six years or more since previously. So that's fine. But Dune, I I don't think there's a need for it. They do it. I feel like it'll be one of those like double feature little re-releases, but not a full scale. I can see them doing that's a really good point. All right. What's next? Stubble McShave said, have you experienced the suck fairy? It's when, okay, uh, it's when a film you love turns out to be really bad when revisited years later. It's been cursed by the suck fairy. No. Wow. I mean, like, I, I only have two things of movies that my opinion has ever really changed on. Um, one is Inglorious Bastards, which was the complete opposite. I hated Inglorious Bastards the first time I saw it, and now it's like my number one or my number two favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. And then the others, the Star Wars prequels. Uh, that you know, the first time I saw it, I'm like, yay! 
he's back. But every single time I would watch it, and I saw it like 18 times in theaters, but every single day that I watched it, I'm like, I liked it less and less till finally I was like, after about three or four, I'm like, no, this movie's just not good. But I did that for all the Star Wars prequels. But other than that, I've never really had a movie that my opinion positively or negatively has really changed all that much. Have, have you got any of those, Rob? No, not really. Because all, and, and I've watched a lot of my favorite movies when I was a kid over and over again and right. even revisited them as an adult. No, I think I think my taste is quite impeccable. Mm. What about you, Amy? You got any that you used to love and now you're like, why did I ever love this? I feel like I'll get the occasional like rewatch and go, whoop, can't really show that to people because it didn't age great. But <laughs> more than that, I will do the... I liked something okay, and then just the more I sit on it. Like, I, I maybe just because Amsterdam's on my... I feel like American Hustle was one where I was like, mm. it was all right. And then in the following days, every time I thought about it until about a week out, I was like, I think I might have hated that movie. <laughs> all right, what's next? Uh, William Duan said, did the math and track the genealogy. Rhaenyra had a brown-haired... Uh, grandpa on his mom's side. Lenore had a black-haired grandma on his mom's side. Do, 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 do. Under some assumptions on what genes cause silver hair, one-fourth of Eleanor's children will be brown-haired. Rhaenyra totally didn't cheat and was just unlucky. You were like drawing Punnett squares yeah, and shit. Yeah, no, like Good you're like you. one of those uh, <laughs> memes where you got the 85 pictures on the wall with thread between the pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Charlie she Day, that, like Pepe that, it, the, the show made it very, very clear. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Like she was riding the brunette mountain on that and, and had several oh. children with the dude. So mm-hmm. like, can you no. see that mountain? I'm not going to go anywhere with that. So uh, yeah, no, she totally, totally cheated. But I like, the, I like the work. I like that you're putting in the work on that. All right, what's next? Uh, South Texas Shark said, Amy, thoughts on Avatar re-release? <laughs> yeah, she didn't love it. I, um, the, look, the things I knew were going to be incredible were incredible. It was beautiful. I'm very, I saw it in IMAX 3D. I got the full ass experience. I'm glad I really did go out and make a point to see it in that format. It was beautiful. It was stunning. The dialogue was, uh, I hate this word, but cringy at times. And I already kind of forget what happened. It was fine. (laughs) It was fine. All right. What's next? Uh, Josh Becker said, I saw the Avatar re-release and it was amazing. Well, there you go. Different strokes. Uh, The remaster of the visuals made them stand out more and the effects are still mind bending. Yeah. It is beautiful. My experience with it was like I, I was in awe of it again. I, I'm not one who ever thought it should have won best picture because it, it shouldn't have. And I'm glad it didn't, but it is a, a wondrous project. A wonder. And I was really taken aback when I went to go watch it again. I'm glad you had that experience, man. All right. What's next? Uh, Ritwick said, greetings crew. I want one more thing. And that is Louise Michael Pena in Deadpool three recapping the whole MCU to Wolverine and Deadpool. <laughs> Imagine how hilarious that moment would be. Kevin Feige, you watch this show. Please hear me out. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly going to say, and I, I mean this without joking around. It is astonishing to me that they have not taken advantage of Michael Pena's character more, not mm. just in Ant-Man. Cause from, from what I understand, he's not even in Ant-Man three. But in the MCU in general, this is a beloved character. And what Michael, the personality, this witty, incredibly funny persona that Michael Penny infuses into this character, it is 
mind-blowing that they have not seen it as the resource it really is and tapped into it. And you're right, Deadpool would be perfect for it. Like, I, like, oh, I, they told you, okay, this dude's Wolverine. Here's, here's what you don't know about him. They, they recap everything about Wolverine's thing. I mean, Michael Pena doing that? Come on. Because what, what the fuck is Michael Pena doing right now? He's doing Tom and Jerry. This guy's way too good. He's way too good to be wasted on stuff like that. Get him back into the MCU. Anyway, that's just my take on it. All right, what's next? Uh, Suthius with the $20 super chat, thank you, said, okay, Mr. C, you had to buy general admission for that Disneyland trip, correct? If you still had your annual passes, you may have been more forgiving. General admission to any park and not being able to ride certain rides can suck. Uh Yeah, except there was no annual pass when I went. They had canceled annual passes at that point. All right. They had canceled. So you had to, you had to book your tickets in advance, pay for them in advance, for those of you who don't know why I say F Disneyland, and I'll, I'll never go back. I will never go back to Disneyland. The, the only possible exception is if I got a bunch of friends with a lot of money who want to buy that, that $10,000, $15,000 VIP tour day. Because <laughs> I saw my buddy, uh, one of my buddies went on that tour, made a YouTube video about it, and, and it looked like a really good experience to do it that way. Here's the thing, but why I, I will never go back to Disneyland, because fuck Disneyland. But... I, I, Ann and I were seasons pass holders for seven or eight years in a row. Used to love going. Then they got rid of the passes for, for a window of time there. So Ann and I booked our tickets because we really wanted to do two things. We wanted to do the new Marvel uh, experience and we wanted to do Rise of the Resistance. So we buy our tickets, we go. And at the time, you had to be in the digital queue. At 7 a.m., they would open a digital queue. And I don't have my phone on me right now. But at 7 8, so we booked the hotel at the Hollywood uh, Adventure Wilderness Adventure Hotel. The Grand Californian? The Grand Californian, sure. <laughs> is that what it is? Sure. Yeah. Great hotel. So we booked our, our, our rooms. Now there. you're speaking my so language. We're paying in the, now we're paying, in the, it was, we were celebrating our anniversary. So we're paying in the thousands of dollars to get that hotel. We got the tickets, the passes, all that kind of stuff because it's our anniversary. So at 7 a.m., they open up the queue. And we're like 6.59. We're trying to get in the queue. And it's like, not open yet, not open yet, not open yet, not open yet. 7 a.m. 7 a.m. hits. It's open. Great. That queue. Sorry, it's full. Yeah. I've had that happen. We're like, what? It's full. All right. So I guess we're not doing Rise of the Resistance. We came here to do that. I guess we don't. All right. Well, let's get in the Marvel thing. And so in the Marvel queue, which I think opened like 11 or something like that, blah, blah, blah. And at 11 o'clock, open the blah. No, full. And we're like, let me get this straight. So you make your commercials (laughs) saying, come to Disneyland for Rise of the Resistance and come experience the new Marvel thing. All right. Okay. So I pay for the hotel. We buy our tickets. We do all this stuff. And so we were really bummed out. Bummed out. And then Ann goes, you know what? Why don't we just get a refund on our tickets? Because we haven't gone in the park yet. Why don't we get a refund on our tickets? And then we'll just come back another time. And I'm like, you're right, baby. Let's do that. So I call customer service at Disney, Disneyland. <clears throat> and I'm like, yeah, I was, we have tickets for later today. We'd like to cancel them or, or reschedule them, whatever. And their response was, if you want to cancel your tickets, you have to cancel them at least 24 hours in advance. I'm like, okay. First of all, went out of my way to make sure that the nice lady on the line, that none of my frustration was targeted at her because she was just doing her job. This wasn't her fault. And that I was very aware of that. But I said, there is no way for us to know that we will not be able to get into the features that we want to experience 
until the day of. But by then it's too late for us to get refunds on our tickets. So you have set up a system where you have to cancel your tickets by this point. And once you cross that point, by the time you find out that you can't do the things you want to do, it's too late to get a refund. Sounds like my life. She's like that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say sounds like your marriage. No, like, whoa, 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 Jonathan. Whoa. No, 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 no. So uh, you're going to take our money. And then by the time we find out that we can't do the things we want to do, it's too late to get our money back. Like, yeah. And that's when I went, fuck this place. Fuck it all. That is like buying tickets to a concert, <clears throat> showing up and saying, well, there's no seats inside the building available, but we'll run speakers outside and you can still hear the concert outside. Can I get a refund? No, no, no. You would have had to turn in your refund by yesterday. But we didn't know we couldn't get seats till today. Yeah, that's a shame. You didn't Jen- think there was consequences for talking about pay- Chapek, huh? <laughs> well, this was before Chapek. Oh. Well, no, it was, so it was before I realized Chapek was a bastard. No, and he's not a bastard. <laughs> Um, so I'm like, yeah, no, fuck Disneyland. I'm never going, they, you ripped me off. You set up a system to purposely rip people off of their money. Yep. There he is. He you can't set believe up a system. You. And then I remember we met a, a family. We were at the Ant-Man bar or something like that. We met a family that had literally booked vacation was there for four days, four days. They brought their family over. They weren't able to get into Marvel or get onto the Rise of the Resistance in four days. So, genuine question. Is this a principal thing? Because you know neither of those rides are on the, I don't believe, are on the, the digital queue system anymore. Would it, you? It, no, it's a principal thing okay. that they had a system in place that was deliberately ripping people off. And I was like, because, listen, I'm even, Italian. When you rip off an Italian of money, we get real bitter. <laughs> and we hold on to that bitterness. Like, for a lot. Like, you can... Like, listen, you can almost wrong me in almost any other way. We can get over it. You rip an Italian off of money, we get really pissy about it. But even still, you got to pay for the stupid uh, fast passes now. They, they just make it so complicated. I just want to go to a park and ride rides. Yeah, yeah, yeah and get in line. Oh, anyway. If you ever want to be mad about the fast pass system, the defunct land video on it, amazing. I saw that. It's incredible. Yeah. Ooh, I got to see it. It's anyway. an it's an hour and a half, and it literally has a plot twist in it. Like, cannot recommend highly enough. <laughs> Um, after you finish watching this, what site is this? It's called Defunct Land. Oh yeah, it's like YouTube, right? Uh huh. It's it's they do a series and of stuff. He, of yeah, like he covers things. usually defunct theme park I attractions, love, but he covers oh, the yeah. fast pass system. I, did, I remember I saw that, and it, it was like, whoa. Uh, anyway, and I I haven't had a chance to experience any of that. Mm-hmm. All right, sorry, we spent more time on that than we should have. So what's next? <laughs> wow, yeah, that was I forgot what we were doing. Here we go. <laughs> uh, Sam Fisher just sent in a super chat. Thank Thanks you, for the Sam. Support. Uh, Jay Master said Disney 20th Century Studios has released the first image of Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes begins production next month, directed by Wes Ball. It's set to release in theaters 2024. Yeah, so we didn't mention the release date of it would be 2024. But again, the new title, uh, great selection for the star of it. It's going to be neat to see how the cast rounds out. Uh, Again, I'd be lying if I said I was super excited for it. I'm not. But hey, a lot of movies have come out that I wasn't excited for that I ended up loving. So hopefully that'll be one of the cases here. All right, what's next? Uh, Bond Presents said, I just want to second someone's recommendation of HBO's Industry the other day. It just finished its second season. It's a masterclass in writing, character, suspense, almost as good as Succession. I keep hearing this. I've never even heard of it. I have not heard of it. it I've never even heard of the show. Has anybody in here watched it? No, it's the strangest thing. It's like, what is this phantom show that apparently is on HBO? I saw the ad for it. Yeah, I saw the ad for it. I watched trailers for it. I forgot what what it was about. Speaking of trailers for shows... 
Yellowstone season five. I watched that this morning. <gasps> I watched that this morning. One, season one. Oh, I've it got looks a long good. Way to go. Best show on TV. I still think. I still think Yellowstone's the best show on TV. You're although, all fired. Although here's my problem. I'm. It's one episode, so I don't care. I'm going to keep going. But right now, I don't like any characters on the show. They're all bastards. They're all terrible. They're all terrible people. They're all terrible people. Yeah, but one of them gets elected. Yeah. Okay, well, there we go. Succession, though. They're all <laughs> awful people. Yeah. But anyway, all right. What's next? Uh, Brian O'Neill Singleton said, just heard that Netflix canceled Matt Wagner's Grendel. Thoughts for why? I, oh. I don't even know anything about it. Grendel is one of my favorite comic books of all time. And I was really looking forward to that. You know, it's a hard, it's tough not to crack because the, the Grendel, Grendel's basically a spirit, sort of, that inhabits people. And there's throughout, I, I mean, Grendel covers hundreds of years of history, and there's different iterations of the Grendel character. But the first Grendel in comics was a guy named Hunter Rose, who's kind of like Batman. But he's like, what if Batman was bad? And I was looking forward to that. I didn't realize it was canceled. Oh, I, did. I never even heard of it. Damn right. it. What's next? <laughs> Choking on a peanut butter pretzel. Uh, Jay Master <laughs> said, breaking from deadline, Chris Hemsworth has signed a first look deal with Nat Geo to create unscripted and scripted content for Disney Plus ahead, oh, ahead of uh, Chris Disney Plus's Limitless series debut this year. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really give two squirts a urine about any of the that stuff on disney plus uh, any of that particular stuff on i'm sorry I, you don't give what <laughs> two squirts of urine go on uh, so uh, i just checking <laughs> i i just like when i remember they, they showed us previews for it at cinemacon they did a big presentation on that and it's like okay that's great like will smith had one chris hemsworth had one i'm not gonna say it doesn't look remotely interesting sure but i i am interested in chris hemsworth's movies i mean that, like, that's the stuff i'm interested in so eh. i mean listen i'm sure people watch it and that's great but if it's not damn it what's the the dude's name who does all the nature documentary stuff uh attenborough oh yeah if it's not david attenborough doing something i'm not interested <laughs> if it's not david attenborough during nature stuff or morgan freeman there's some even even like peter coyote has a great voice for that stuff you yep. know all right what's next the Inedible Hulk said, Ian McKellen, I'm not your daddy. I'm your grandpa. <laughs> yeah, well, Ian McKellen kind of passed on that mantle to Michael Fassbender. But listen, that's how good of a pass it was. I'm not every day completely 100% sure which which Magneto I like more. I mean, I think I lean towards McKellen's, but still, that's how good of the transfer that was. All right, what's next? Uh, Amin says, according to Jeff Snyder, Harrison Ford is Marvel's top choice to play General Ross in Thunderbolts. Doubt it'll happen, but that would be something. Well, I mean, that's one thing for you to listen. I can be doing a, a movie tomorrow called Poopy Pants Party, and my top choice is Harrison Ford to play something. Well, that's great for Harrison Ford to be your top choice. Is it something he wants to do? Listen, if they decide to recast Thunderbolt Ross, and they totally should, because it's a great character, um, then Harrison Ford would be a great choice to play Thunderbolt Ross. Can you get him to do it? I, I mean, that's the. I can't picture Harrison Ford agreeing to another franchise. I mean, but it'd be a lot easier work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, playing Thunderbolt Ross is a lot different than being Indiana Jones. Yeah. And a lot less pressure. Like, it's a high-profile project, yet a lot less pressure. He only has not... to work a couple of days per movie. Yeah. Probably gets a huge paycheck. Yeah. I'm proud. All right, what's next? Did we uh, do the part one of this? Because I only see this. 
Oh yeah, there was he was talking about the lineage and hair. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So cool. we already right. got to that one. All right, cool, what's cool. next? Uh Kali Wally said, I played one hour of walking simulate, I mean death stranding the other day. And wow, either this game's gonna be great or a snorfest. Wish me luck. <laughs> Is is that now? That's I can't the remember the Walking Dead. Uh, That's the one with the yeah. Walking Dead dude. Okay. Yeah. I it's, I never did play it. Uh, it came on. Heard a lot of mixed things about it. Like some people passionately loved that game. Then a bunch of people just didn't like. It's another it Another Kojima game. You know, Metal Gear Solid. But I I hope it looks it looks cool. I've never played it, but from, I, I oh I actually own it. From what I hear, it's just like a delivery system. You're just walking and delivering things, packages or something. It might as well be a mailman game in the desert. <laughs> well, why not? Hey, if it can work, it can work. All right, what's next? Uh, Stubble McShave said, who is the better actor, Skarsgård or Luthen Rail? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. That's that his is. character. L- Luthen's character Oh, Andor. Exactly. Listen, uh, we're, 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 it's been a couple days since the show came out. I'm telling you what, that scene in episode four, when he's putting on the wig and then putting on the rings and then <laughs> then getting back into character. Like, I'm just like, this is masterful. Yeah. Like, this mm-hmm. is, I'm learning so much about this character from a movement. It's just, the level of storytelling in Andor is so next level. It's just, it, they're doing such a great job with it. And I just hope the second half of the season is as strong as the first. I think it probably will be. Hope so. All right, what's next? Uh, Life on Minority Island said, fun fact, Rocky Horror Picture Show is the first film in the Rocky franchise to not have Rocky. <laughs> Let's do the time again. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. You remember there's, there was talk a couple years ago about them trying to reboot that? Well, they did that like made for TV one that was yeah. god awful. Well, yeah, yeah, that that was it. But Don't touch Rocky Horror Picture Show. It, it's like, Look, I am all for reboots. I am 100% behind reboots. But Rocky Horror is such a unique animal. I don't think you can recapture that. It's so specifically a product of its time. Like, and it's I like feel trying to remake The Room. Well, but you Rocky can't. Horror is... I will die on the hill that Rocky Horror Picture Show is actually a great movie. So I don't know I don't if I think you're alone. Yeah. I don't think you're alone. You know, there is somebody that could play Frankenfurter, though. Mason Mason Alexander, who's on, who plays uh, Desire on Sandman, Ooh. and who's in the new Quantum Leap, they could pull it off. All right, what's next? You put your hands on your hips. <laughs> Al Rencha said, "We have steadily been getting new images, and even a few Empire cover stories have come out recently. How soon do you think uh, we will get new Black Panther two trailer? I think imminently. Yeah, like I, I honestly think." Listen, I think there's a 15% chance we get it tomorrow. Uh, I think there's a 50% chance we get it by the end of next week. Now, that's not, this is not me reporting anything. I have no insider information on this. But I I, I think there is a fraction of a chance we get it tomorrow. But I, I think there's a coin flip that we get it by the end of next week. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, I, I just think it's going to be soon. What do you think? I agree. I mean, tomorrow is, or Saturday is October 1st. And the movie opens, what, November 11th or something? Yeah. We'll be uh, less than six weeks away from it. Yeah, I mean, we there's got to be another trailer. There's only been one. Yeah, and it's it's we're getting into that time zone. Yeah. All right. What's next? Uh, Peter Cunnington said, "She Hulk, epi- She Hulk episode was so bad, boring, and no Daredevil." Well, who cares if Daredevil's in it? I, I don't mean, think Daredevil comes to the final episode anyway. I yeah, mean, now probably. It's... Look, they said a long time ago Daredevil's going to be in it for one episode. Yeah. So I mean, whatever. And, and look, if the show's not good, it's not going to suddenly be good just because a character is there. If you're not doing anything great with it, again, listen to me, She-Hulk. 
I love the concept. I love their, their philosophy with the show. I love their approach to the show. Everything's good. Except for the fact that it's a comedy that's not funny. And mm -hmm. that's why I personally gave up on it. It's just, it's, you're not making me laugh. And it's a comedy. If you don't make me laugh in a comedy, why am I here? So that's just me. All right, what's next? She's not hulking and she's not lawyering. I, lawyering. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> Uh, Jin the Jedi uh, said SW sacrificed herself when she destroyed the temple, making her a disciple of hell. Her redemption should be in a Midnight Suns movie. Hmm. I, I don't see you bringing Scarlet Witch into a Midnight Suns movie. Pro yeah, I, I don't see that. At all. By the way, and I don't think she can have a full redemption. I think she can come maybe halfway or something like yeah. that, that she becomes a character that Wants to be good, but is just constantly. I, I mean, maybe, but I just don't see a path to a full, true redemption for her. Yeah, and I think that's interesting, though. I would love that it's not just, oh, great, she's one of the heroes now. But I think there's interesting stuff to dive into there. Like even with Loki, right? Even with Loki, when you go back to the first Avengers film, like there was, we all his motivations was stuff about daddy issues and trying to prove himself and trying to whatever. But even then, when like even when he was invading Earth. There was a twisted part of his mind that actually thought this is what's best for Earth. Like that one speech, that great one of the best moments in all comic book movies. The old man stands up there, always men like you. One of the great moments ever in comic book movies. But that whole scene, like it's like, look, you as humans, you deep down, you yearn to be ruled. And isn't this better? Isn't this better? Remember, he says, isn't this better? Like, at least even with Loki, there was a part of him that thought was this is what's best for this planet. And he was wrong, but it's not, I'm going to kill all of you to make my point. It wasn't right. like that. So like even to Loki, who was like one of the predominant villains of the MCU for a while, I never believed for a second that he has, he had as far to come back as Wanda does. I think Wanda has an infinite larger gap to try to cross. And I don't know if they can ever fully redeem her, but we'll see. They can certainly use her in a lot of creative ways though. Mm -hmm. All right. What's next? Uh, Al Rensha said, Scarlet Witch and Magneto walking down the road would also make me shit my pants. Yep. You either run or beg for mercy. Or ask for autographs. Oh. <laughs> One of the two. Say, you guys are the best. What are you doing? That's awesome. <laughs> Whatever you're going to do, kill a house full of puppies? Awesome. Okay. Like, they would just be whatever you guys want to do. Where I draw them Man, like... The, no, it's full of puppies, right? Full, full of puppies. Every room. Magneto, both portrayed by Fossbender and by Ian McKellen, like, there, there is a power about Magneto. And even in the movie, as great as they've done in the movies, they've never really even come close to the way they did it. Again, to me, my favorite comic book story arc of all time is Age of Apocalypse. I love Magneto in Age of Apocalypse. It's also the time when I found out you can use a microscopic magnetic field as a body condom. Think about that. I won't. <laughs> Everybody wondering, wait, how does Magneto and Rogue hook up and have sex and everything? Electromagnetic body condom, everybody. Thank you, Age of Apocalypse. No, seriously. And the final battle in Age of Apocalypse when Magneto and Apocalypse, the whole story is a buildup to Magneto and Apocalypse going one-on-one. -on -one. And the ending of that fight, it's, it was just, it's just comic book panels, but the ending of that fight, I get freaking so excited when I think about it. Magneto, that is why Magneto is my favorite comic book character of all time. To this day, <laughs> my favorite comic book character of all time. All right, what's next? <laughs> 
Magneto condoms. Uh, Suthia <laughs> said, I liked episode seven enough. Finally. The episode of self-acceptance. Let's see how this new state of mind helps her in episodes eight and nine. Also, fuck Josh. Whoa. <laughs> I, you know what? Can I just say? Yes. Yeah. Unpopular opinion. I'm liking it fine. You're I'm liking not, it no, fine. I, I want people to like it. That's fine. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't. I haven't seen the newest episode. So I'm not going to argue it's great. I'm not going to say I laughed out loud. I'm not going to say they're not dropping the ball on some of their like overarching storytelling stuff. But I'm smiling for the whole episode and I'm enjoying watching it. And, you know, I was up at midnight last night and I was like, oh, I'm going to put this on before bed. And I was perfectly happy I did. Nice. All right. What's next? So there you go. Uh, SJ said, this is the greatest show of all time. Are we talking about this? this I think <laughs> us. I, I got to agree. Let's just take that, yeah. I think that's some fine punditry work right there, my friend. Some fine punditry work. All right, what's next? It's Thank the you. directing. Uh, Jedediah Elias said, movie pass walks so AMC A-lists could run. Uh, I, and again, really, I mean, I get it from a North American perspective. People think movie pass was the forerunner to AMC A-list, but it actually wasn't. It was Cineworld. But... A lot of us in North America didn't even know about Cineworld or their programs or what they were doing, but that is the one that AMC actually based it off of. But it's totally understandable why people here would think it was MoviePass. All right, what's next? Uh, D.A. Hampton said, I just read Dune and Dune Messiah. Does Florence Pugh's casting as Irulan I, I suggest that they plan to adapt Dune Messiah? The role in Dune is minimal. I, look, <laughs> I think in in I think they should do three movies because Dune Messiah is sort of the, con not entirely, but the conclusion of Paul Atreides' story. So I think, I mean, I, from what I understand, it was always the plan to do Dune and Dune Messiah and tell the whole story of Paul Atreides, but I think that's probably a good bet. It just hasn't been announced yet. All right, what's next? Dildar said, after finally watching everything everywhere, are you saying if I shove things up my butt, I'll be sent to another universe asking for a friend? There's only one way to find out, my guy. I nearly choked. <laughs> I straight up nearly choked. <laughs> I was laughing and gasping and horrified and entertained all at once that freaking scene. When you realize what's happening, you're like, <laughs> like, it's just, oh my God, I love that. It's still, to me, still the best movie of the year. I still have not seen a movie yet this year that is better than everything everywhere all at once. So mm. hopefully we got some really, really good ones coming. But uh, right now, that's still my number one film. Yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, Pelican Mike said, John, are you saying Targaryen wrong on purpose? I'm so confused. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? I'm... Wait, say it. Targaryen? Tar Targaryen? 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 Targaryen. All right, this is how much I care. All right, what's next? <laughs> Amin said, so Deadpool 3 is your most anticipated film, but if they announce Man of Steel 2 tomorrow and both films release on the same day, which do you see first? Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. That's just your Canadian loyalty coming out. <laughs> well, no, no, it's listen, if you if you had said to if you had said to me, asked me a, a week ago, I said, John, Deadpool three, which I would of course be super excited about, and a Man of Steel two starring Henry Cavill coming out on the same day. Before you even finish the question, I'm saying Man of Steel two with Henry Cavill. I love Deadpool, but I mean that's my favorite Superman. I think it's the most underrated comic book film of all time, blah blah blah. But that was a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Today, we yeah. live in a world where Hugh Jackman is coming back to play Wolverine one more time in a Deadpool movie with Ryan Reynolds. That's a different thing. So it would be Deadpool 3 with Ryan Reynolds and Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Yep. Thanks again to our sponsor, Mint Mobile. And thank you to our sponsor. 
Mint Mobile. And just to remind everybody, Red Notice sucks. All right, what's next? Andy said there should be a, a The Disaster Artist sequel, but based on the Don't Worry Darling set instead. There's so much material there to make a comedy drama biopic. I don't even know what it was, but uh, one of our business managers, Scott, when I was driving in today, sent me a text. I didn't have a chance to look at it, but it's some interview on Variety where it says, my God, the Don't Worry Darling drama just keeps getting deeper. And I didn't even have a chance to read it yet. So I don't know. I don't know what's in there. But it's like, oh, You're God. tearing me apart, Olivia. Yeah. <laughs> I remember our friend Aaron Cummings, or the John Campbell Show's own Aaron Cummings, is in The Disaster Artist. So make sure you check that out. All right. What's next? Uh, Irene Jobson said, I can totally feel Wanda's emotions going all balls to the wall mentally when trying to preserve what remains in her mind and reality of her family. Yeah, well, listen, there's still there are a lot of people, including at that table over there, that believe like her kids are going to be coming into the MCU to play their roles in a Young Avengers sort of thing. And so, I mean, I do. I do. I'll be honest with you. I am so over Wanda's kids at this point. I am so over it. Like, it was a great plot point and device in one division. Then you drew it out in um, uh, Doctor Strange's Multiverse. I'm over her kids. Like, I'm, I'm ready just for them to be gone. But, eh, well, who knows? We'll see. All right, what's next? Uh, IMHO Reviews said, My theory is that they will have the X-Men in the MCU, but all of their stories will exist in a separate universe from the one we've been in. Well, no, here's the thing, IMHO. I have been saying from day one that they announced that they that Disney was getting Fox, that that's what they should do. They, like, listen, the, the MCU, I don't care how big of a fan of the MCU you are or I am, the MCU is already feeling overcrowded. Mm. It just already is. Um, and when now you're bringing in X-Men, which is a catalog of characters on their own. And I believe the right thing for them to do is to own X-Men, make X-Men movies, but say that just, that just exists in a different reality than this one, but that is not what they're doing. And it certainly opens the door for some very interesting YouTube video kind of things. Like, oh yeah, we can have Avengers versus X-Men. Oh, okay. But I, I just think that would have been the better thing to do. It would have allowed you to have more creative storytelling and, and given storytellers a much bigger page for them to be creative and come up with the stories that they want to tell rather than being confined to the parameters of the existing MCU. But they are totally going to bring them fully immersive in the MCU. And if anybody's going to be able to do it with excellence, it's going to be Kevin Feige. All right, what's next? Uh, Cassidy Kelly said, did you see the trailer for the inspection? It looks so great. I can't wait to see it. No, which one I is haven't that? seen that. Oh, it looks sad. They played the trailer for it when I went to go see Pearl. It's the new A24 movie about the like closeted um, Marine. Oh, I did see yeah. that trailer. Yeah, it, it does sad. look sad. Who's who's in it? Uh, does anybody know? Mm, Gabrielle Union. Yeah, oh, the yeah. biggest like name her. I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah. I like her a lot. All right. Yeah. All right. Thanks for putting that on the radar, man. All right. What's next? Uh, Cameron Dane Scott said, with the success of First Class, along with Matthew Vaughn's cult following, what are the chances we will ever see him take on an MCU property? I have always felt Matthew Vaughn could do an MCU film. I I, I just feel like he is a, I, not just because he's a good director, and that's all I ever care about, but honestly, his sensibilities, I think working under a Kevin Feige, I think that's a that could be a very, very good match. So I, I would say it's a 50% chance that we get a Matthew Vaughn directing an MCU movie sometime. If I mean, as long as Matthew Vaughn 
doesn't mind coming in. And this is going to be a roadblock for a lot of directors. Because there's good, there's a lot of good directors that would go, I want a certain level of control of my movies. And mm -hmm. like you just got to accept that when you do, like Ethan Hawke talked about this the other day. When when Remember that when Ethan Hawke, after doing Moon Knight, said, the MCU is a very actor-friendly place. It's not as director-friendly mm -hmm. because you have to accept that when you come into an MCU movie, you ain't going to have the same level of control that maybe you're used to having in other mm -hmm. projects. You are... You're going to have some more strict limitations under a Kevin Feige and stuff like that. But if Matthew Vaughn can accept that, I, I think he could do some really interesting things in the MCU. I don't know. What do you think, Rob? I, look, I think he's a great director. I think, you know, the Kingsman movies have been sort of hit, hit and miss. Hit and the miss. first one's fantastic. But movie. I loved X-Men First Class. And I thought he knocked it kick out of the park. And, yeah, yeah. Kick, -ass was, kick Ass was great. I mean, I'm a huge... Lair Cake, his first feature as a director, is fantastic. Love him. All right. What's next? Uh, Life on Minority Island said, I'll finish the monsters when Ray finishes Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> you can, that could be a long journey, my friend. It's a long wait. That could be a long journey. <laughs> I feel like you just got to rip the Band-Aid off with monsters, man. If you're going to do it, do it. Uh, All right. What's next? Uh, Jesse Price said, hey, Johnny Crew, have you seen the new Marilyn Monroe movie Blonde yet? No, I, I just have not had the opportunity. I have not had the opportunity where I was in the mindset to sit down and watch it. I, yeah. That's yeah. The, I understand you got to be in the right mindset. And it is one I am very curious about. I've heard it's a very, very well-made movie. Um, I mean, uh, uh, some people saying it's a little too disturbing. Some people are saying the disturbing thing of it really drives it, the humanity of it home. I'm very, very curious to watch it, but I've not been in the mindset to watch it yet. I have such a hard time with things that I, I know kind of use assault in the way i feel like that movie yeah. does that it's like it, it's hard to go into a movie knowing I'm, i might just i'm probably not going to like it because of that yeah mm -hmm. and it's hard to commit three hours to something where it's like i just i don't know if i can give this even the chance it deserves well, it's the same reason why i well as as much as i think it's an all-time great movie i i can't watch schindler's list again yeah i mean it's brilliant it is beyond brilliant and it's important and it's a great story and it's told well and it's Something I think we should see, but the stuff in it that is like I just even just concepts. It's like I I don't know that I can watch it again. Yeah, even well, I, though it's I that great. You. Yeah, thank thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, what's next? <laughs> uh, Elden Goblin said, "Do you think they will do the uh, do the House of M to bring the mutants into the MCU? It seems like the most obvious yet most ingenious way to do it." No. Like the, the the timeline is set. There's the, the 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 opportunity to do something like that would have been in Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness. There's just nowhere in the timeline right now that they have the time to do that. Like we thought for a long time, Rob and I talked about this that instead of no more mutants, you know, bring forth the mutants or something like that could have been your avenue to that. But they didn't do it, so I don't see them doing that between now and whenever the X Men appear. Rob, do you? Especially uh, Miss Marvel's already been confirmed to be a mutant. Yeah, I mean we're. We were talking about that. It would be a great way to do it. But I, I just don't know. Because the thing is, if that were the case, then it, there had to have been a moment where the mutants were banished. And they'd have to get into a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm not saying they couldn't do that. I'm, Dude, I am fascinated by how they're going to bring the mutants forth in the Marvel Universe. Don't know how they're going to do it. But I don't think they can do it that way anymore. Yeah, I agree. All right, what's next? Suthia said, Jack Ryan season one was awesome. Season two was fine can't wait for season three because of krasinski he's great as that character and he's good at action yeah. yes he doesn't write it though so i mean it's, 
I mean, that's the thing. You have a badly written movie. It doesn't matter who the star of it is. Uh, it's not going to really save it. But again, like you said, the first season was terrific. And even though season two was a big step down, I still thought it was good. Mm -hmm. So uh, here's hoping that season three can get back into form. Does he All have right. producer credits on that? I, I think he does. I wouldn't doubt if he's got a producer mm -hmm. credit on it. But so many, again, the producer credit is such an ambiguous thing. Right. Like a, a lot of act actors just say, hey, if I'm going to be in this movie, I want a producer credit. Okay. But, you know, so it's, <laughs> who knows? Exactly who knows how much he's actually it. involved on that level? All right. What's next? Uh, a Sith Lord says, The Incredible True Story by Logic is a fantastic concept album. It's set in post-apocalyptic future uh, where Earth is dead and the last humans live on a space station. Honestly, one of the best rap albums. Oh, wow. Never cool. heard it. Wow. I haven't either, but I'll listen to that. All right. What's next? By the way, shout out to Coolio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I spent some time listening to Fantastic and Gangster's Paradise and that led me on watching some Weird Al. Wait a second, what happened? <laughs> but yeah, I went back and Ann and I watched a bunch of uh, stuff Clearly on that yesterday when we heard about it. <gasps> yeah, Ray, you didn't hear? Oh, did you just find no. out? Yeah, oh, no. passed away. Oh. Yeah. Sheesh. All right, what's next? Uh, Cinema Sauce said, have you seen Pearl? What a great one. No, again, I, I walked out of X, so I, I really don't have a lot. I'm done. Wow. great, but I, I don't have any interest in it. Interesting. Yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, Al Rensha said, we all need to give a standing ovation for Taylor for taking one for the team and watching the Munsters movie. Worst trailer ever. No, because we warned him. I, <laughs> yeah. I have three he words. loves it. I have three words to say. Fuck the Munsters. <laughs> That's just rude. Wow. Some people. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, you know, I just, it wasn't for me. Some people yeah, are going to yeah, like yeah. it. There you go. Some people do. Like one out of every three, according yeah. to the stats, one out of every three people are liking it. And I say, hey, listen. If it works for you, awesome. I'm not one of them. Yeah, I'm counting I, on I you, Amy. Not one of them. What? Amy's counting the on you. I, yeah. you're, you're the, the only person breaker. who likes I'm really it. curious how much my deep, deep love of just like corny, not scary, spooky Halloween kind of bullshit yeah. serves me. Also, probably being very, very not sober. <laughs> very that not probably sober. would help. I can't decide. Okay. Can't decide which uh, poison. Ray, you thought it was all right. Yeah. So you're there one you of the three. Boom. One, two, three. Ray, maybe I'll follow your lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm counting on you. Because mm -hmm. statistically speaking, there's six people in this room. Two of the people in this room, statistically, <laughs> should end up liking it. Ray's already won, so now <laughs> to be me. Amy's going to like it, too. It's my turn. All right, what's next? Uh... Victor Edbaum said, I hope Indy 5 won't have the Irishman problem with D.H. Harrison Ford, where he clearly moves like a much older man. Listen, nobody has cracked the Uncanny Valley. Nobody has done it. The Irishman did it about as well as it can be done. Um, and so once you kind of get over that fact, like you, you understand, look, I, I'm looking at a digitally de-aged Robert De Niro. You're aware of that. But at some point, you just accept that, and then you move on with the movie. Yeah. The problem with The Irishman was that there was too many redundant scenes and it was a good 40 minutes longer than it needed to be. I'm not saying the movie was 40 minutes too long. I'm saying that movie, for what it was, was 40 minutes longer than it needed to be. Uh, that was the problem. I don't think The Uncanny Valley was... It was still a brilliant movie. I still thought it was great. I did too. All right, what's next? Uh, really not that funny. <laughs> Said, will Wolverine be the first Canadian MCU character now or does Deadpool count? Think there will be any Canadian nods in Deadpool 3? Thanks from London, Ontario. I mean, they went out of the way in the first one. To, they really do emphasize Deadpool's Canadian-ness. Uh, I asked, you got a big kick. Which city in Sask Saskatchewan did they say he was from? Because mm. oh, they didn't remember. say Saskatoon. But as he's lining up... If the, anyone's going to remember that, it's yeah, you. <laughs> it, was, it was one of the cities in Saskatchewan, but it wasn't Saskatoon. 
but I think it was Regina. I think he said it was Regina he was from anyway, which is the capital of Saskatchewan, by the way. Um, I think technically speaking, would it be? No, it, it's it's Deadpool's movie, so you'd have to say Deadpool will be the first Canadian in the MCU. I mean, even though the MCU is littered with Canadian actors, I, they'll say he's the first one. All right, what's next? Uh, Daniel Vacura said, what do you think of the Warner Brothers lawsuit with embellishing the HBO Max subscriber numbers by 10 million? Zaslav is a defendant, so it seems like a big deal. Uh, Zaslav's a defendant because he's currently the head of Warner Brothers. So for those of you who don't know anything about it, and we're still getting information on this, is that when they when they were going to do the merger, AT&T, which owned Warner Brothers at the time, and they were getting ready to do the merger of Warner Brothers and the sale to Discovery, apparently AT&T misrepresented how many subscribers HBO Max had by 10 million because AT&T was counting in that number the people who were AT&T subscribers at a high enough level that they had HBO Max thrown in for free. Mm. Now, I am not brushed up on that area of American law where I'm not even sure that that's illegal that they did that. Uh, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, don't know. How, would that have even been, but even if it was illegal, will a court determine that that was material in how the deal was then then uh, structured before Discovery and David Zaslav and all the rest of them took it over. I don't know the answer to that question. No, and also, also it's a pension. One of the leaders of this class action lawsuit is a pension fund that's really mad about the stock price. Well, yeah, because they, the, as a pension fund, they had invested heavily in it now. Yeah, and they've lost a lot of their well, money. Well, because they, they figured those also were dollars coming in, not, not someone that you know, it was part of AT&T and got it for free. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so again, so that's the thing. But was is was that improper by the rules that govern these sorts of transactions? And I simply don't know the answer to that question. So it's interesting, but it might be much ado about nothing. So we're all, we'll see what happens as it transpires over the coming months. All right, what's next? Uh, oh, that's it, sorry. Oh, that's it? Yeah. All right, guys, and that'll do it for today's installment of the John Campy Show. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all of you guys who sent in those super chats, number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did. And all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, don't forget, a little bit later on today, guys, at 3 p.m. Los Angeles time, we're going to have an open mic. So if you guys have want to come on in and chat with us, we're going to be doing that at 3 o'clock Los Angeles time. We hope to see you there. All right, guys, for everybody involved with the show, myself, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett, Amy Newman has been here joining you guys in the live chat, Ray Ora, mm -hmm. and producer Jonathan Voico running the show. My name is John Campia, and until next time, my friends... Bye-bye.